0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to the 10th episode of Sports Cards Live. It's a big one. This is the 10th show, and I can't really even believe that I'm already on episode 10. Uh, I've been having a blast with this so far, so thank you to all the guests that we've had so far. Thank you to everyone who's been watching. It's it's truly been an honor to do this, and I'm really loving uh, the response. has been excellent, great feedback, so thanks, everybody. I want to thank Brian Gray, owner of Leaf uh, and In the Game. For joining me last Saturday. We had a a great show. If you guys haven't seen that episode yet, go check it out. It's on the YouTube channel. It's archived there. Even have a little highlight video as well for you to check out a shorter, about an eight or nine minute one. So check that out. Thanks again to Brian, who was an awesome guest and look forward to having him back again. Uh, Don't forget this Saturday, May 16th, the founder and CEO of ComC.com will be joining me, Tim Getch, spoke to him today. He's excited for the show and I'm looking forward to having him on. On Wednesday the 20th is a gentleman by the name of Stéphane Perot. He's a younger guy. He, he's he been building a business for himself. He's in his early 20s and we're going to get a nice perspective from a younger collector, uh, sort of proof that there are young people and kids that, are, I don't want to call them a kid, but younger people that are certainly in the hobby still. And then on the 23rd, next Saturday, is brian price owner of president's choice former owner of in the game sports cards and has worked with a ton of other uh with, with many other sports card companies also I want to also point out guys um that finally reached the 30 day mark so i got the dedicated url for the youtube channel so that's pretty awesome thanks for everybody thanks to everyone who subscribed if you haven't yet please do go subscribe really appreciate that i'm now playing around with custom thumbnails so don't mind my uh, amateur art work, but I'm doing my best. Um, I want to welcome back to the show my buddy Andy Greenham, who uh, was lost in in the in in the world of the internet there, and we couldn't see his name. Andy's going to be back, so Andy, welcome back! Happy to have you. I also want to I also want to just bring this back. So a couple episodes ago, I showed you guys this stuff. This is the McGuire's Scratch Cleaner Upper. It cleans up your your one touches. It cleans up your graded slabs. And since I did that, I've had a lot of people kind of messaging me saying, wow, thanks. That stuff's awesome. People have been showing it on their Instagram. So this stuff works and it works well. It'll clean up your slabs that are scuffed and scratched up. So recommend it. McGuire's Scratch X 2.0. It's like 15 bucks on Amazon. Check it out. At the end of the episode, I've got another public service announcement, another little tip or a trick that I'm going to show you guys. So stay tuned for that. And lastly, before we bring out our guest tonight, Barry Grice, I want to do a special shout out to a buddy of mine, a guy by the name of Adam, who I met at the National last year. And I want to draw your guys' attention to his podcast. If you like basketball and you like basketball cards, you guys want to check out his podcast. I'm going to bring up a quick image of it here. We'll make it bigger. That's his podcast. Go look for this logo wherever podcast can be found, and you can even follow him on Instagram. Here you go on the ticker down there. Listen to the Basketball Card Podcast anywhere podcasts are found and you can follow him on Instagram at the real 27. Guys got an amazing basketball collection. One of my favorite accounts to follow on Instagram, so be sure to check out Adam, his Instagram account and his podcast. All right. That's it for the pre stuff. So, I'm going to bring up my guest now. Many of you know him, many of you don't. His name is Barry Grice. He's out of Colorado. Barry is a guy that I met uh, probably in the early, in the mid-2000s, 03, 04. We met sort of online on uh, the Beckett boards, just internet, you know, it's an online uh, friendship. And then when Beckett went down and the hockey guys all migrated to Hobby Insider while the basketball guys ended up at Freedom Cardboard and the baseball, football guys, as far as I know, ended up at Sports Card Forum. And now it seems like most people are on blowout among some others, including HI. But anyway, I met him back then, and uh, then we met for the first time in Chicago uh, during the National, where we were we both uh, managed to get invited by a Deck to go to the Cubs game. And uh, so we, we met there, and and I've known him ever since. So let's bring him out. Everybody, Barry Grice. Barry, welcome to Sports Cards Live. You are the guest on the 10th episode, so I'm happy to have you here. Welcome to the show. How are you?
1: I'm good. I'm good. How are you doing, Jack? Good to see you. I'm good, man. I'm
0: good. It's good to see you. Good to have you on the show. So usually we start out the show by saying, you know, let's hear about kind of your start out in the hobby. We're going to get to that, but we're going to get to that later on. I want to start by talking about what's going on right now in the hobby. And you're a baseball guy. You you, you do baseball hockey, but I know you're a baseball guy. So, you know, right now, the state of the hobby is such that people are going crazy. Cards are going crazy. You know, basketball is a no-brainer. It's going crazy with the last dance and and the way Jordan has led that. But I want you to talk a bit about baseball and what's going on with these cards, the the Griffey, the Trout, the Canseco, all these cards, many of them which Brian Gray mentioned last on Saturday on the last episode. But what's your take on what's going on with this right now?
1: You know, um, I think uh, the big thing is obviously the COVID-19 situation. So uh, as I've been telling people uh, right now with cards, we don't have all the active sports we're accustomed to. Usually we have right now, what do we have? Uh, Masters just wrapped up. Uh, hockey playoffs are in full bore. Uh, we've got baseball, uh, basketball playoffs. I mean, we got a lot of stuff going on. We have none of that right now. So people are kind of, you know, they're tailing off and they're, they're um, gravitating towards things that... Um, you know, I, I guess you could say everything's on an even plane right now, right? LeBron's not playing and neither is Jordan, right? right? So Jordan's hot, man. Jordan's super hot with the last dance and, uh, all his, uh, all his buddies on the bulls there, but, you know, people are looking for other stuff to go to, uh, one, we have the time because of the situation we're home. A lot of us are home. Um, but, uh, you know, people are looking at guys that have finite ends to their career now, right? Cause, um, again there's no other sports falls so i think people are kind of as brian gray alluded to um you know he's buying what what he mentioned the 86 jerry rice tops rookie he's been buying it like crazy all day why not i mean jerry rice he's done right he's in the hall of fame his stats will never change and that's something i've always told people about uh just retired guys in general like you know everyone jumps on the johnny come lately the hottest rookie and i get it man there's there's some good rookies i mean use Hockey is an example. Look at Crosby, Ovechkin, McDavid. And we've seen some absolute generational guys come along. But that said, I mean, um, just personally, like I bought recently a PSA card of Eddie Murray, a 78 tops. Eddie Murray, 500 home run club, 3,000 hit member. I mean, the guy, I mean, how many people can say they're in both in baseball? That's a seriously undervalued card. I got that. I got an 83 tops, Tony Gwynn. Another guy, just an absolute legend, a machine. But so when you say you
0: when you say you got these cards, did you get them at steals, or have, or have you seen them increase in value in the last couple of months, along with all these other guys?
1: I mean, I, I'd say marginal increase on those. I mean, it just depends on the guy, right? Like, sure, you know, I, I mean, it could be tomorrow; those guys start rocketing up, right? People might, maybe someone heard this, just now, like, man, he's right.
0: I yeah, mean, you know what the thing? The thing that really stuck out the most to me that you just said is that. Everybody's on the same playing field right now because there's nothing going on in sports. That that's a factor that speaks to what's going on in the in the, what, you know the state of the hobby today that I hadn't really considered before. That you know Jordan, Pippen, Rodman, um, all the you know Magic Bird, and all these baseball players that we were talking about the Griffies, the Jeters, the the Gwins, all the the Consecos, all these guys that were you know really important cards in the '80s. They're they're also still not playing just like the current guys aren't playing and, and right. maybe that's put made this more of a level playing field that's during right. the uh the virus situation it's, yeah. it's a theory it's possible
1: right uh, well, i, I
0: really i just think that was a really interesting uh comment that you made
1: yeah i mean it's true though I, I mean we're again used to looking at current guys the latest and greatest breaking all the current year products uh you know chasing the next bowman chrome star and tops baseball right i mean we'll we could talk about that with Mike Trout, but um, yeah, I just you now now I'm looking uh, more than I ever have. I'm like, wow, man, these guys, th- these stats again will never change. These guys have done stuff that a lot of these current guys won't ever do, but they won't get the love because they weren't in the uh, you know the latest high end release. They don't have an autograph or memorabilia swatch on their card, and and you know, quite frankly, social media in real time and the age we live in. You know, we see, uh, you know, Mike Trout, Crosby, these guys, LeBron everywhere. They're in our face constantly. They're in our subconscious. They're real.
0: They're really, they're really a part of culture now. And we, we, as we, as people in the, in these cultures and society, we identify with them. And, you know, I don't want to say that we idolize them because I find that kind of weird, but we, we certainly, um. You know, we like watching them. They, they, you know, they give you hope if you're, if they're playing in your city, you want to get behind them. You want to see them when they represent in a way, I guess they represent us. And, mm-hmm. and the way the hobby comes in, in my opinion, is when we own their cards, it's like, you know, we have, we have a piece of them to a sure. degree, right?
1: Right. I yeah. mean, they're, they're entertainers. I mean, to me, I'm a, you know, I'm not big into the new guys. You know, my, my kids are, my sons love them all. You know, like they love, like my oldest loves my Trout. My youngest likes Aaron judge. They connect with them for me. They're just entertainers. I'm like, you know, I can appreciate them hitting a 500 foot home run, but I'm not into chasing their cards. I still love my guys from my era. And I think to go back even further, that's why you see obscene amounts of money thrown at guys like Mickey Mantle, Babe Ruth. One, their stuff is very scarce, mind you. Uh, relative to the new guys, but, but these guys that were around in there, these guys are right. Older retired guys with deep pockets and they want to chase their guys. So who are their guys? Mano, DiMaggio, sure. Or stuff like that. So, you know, it's all, it's all different. And there's guys that are in that age group that are chasing, uh, McDavid Crosby, right. Cause we're seeing those cards break what 50 K the cup rookies.
0: They can. yeah,
1: yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's all yeah. what you like, right? Collect what you like.
0: Yeah, and I think I think what you said about, you know, the, the guys that are a bit older than us, you know, guys in their maybe, you know, late 50s, 60s, early 70s uh, and, and up if they're still collecting, they still remember those players and they still love those players. And then guys like mm-hmm. us who never saw them play, but yeah. we respect and appreciate the history of, of all these sports, we mm-hmm. want those cards too. But I don't think we want a lot of the second tier guys or, you know... Unless you're a completionist, you're really looking to 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 get all the Hall of Famers, you know, but I think uh, guys like Mantle and Hank Aaron and Babe Ruth, they're never going to go away. But some of the second tier Hall of Famers, and that applies to, to all sports, will not necessarily go away, but their demand in the market will diminish as their fans start to, I hate to say, it, but die off over time, right? Yeah. So the players that we're collecting now, which are players that we love back, you know, especially guys from the eighties, nineties to today, yeah. you know, we're driving the cost of that us and, and the people, all the hobbyists are driving those costs. And, you know, there's a, there's a comment that came up, like, how long is it, is it sustainable for? And I, I often question, and I don't know the answer, but I often wonder, you know, am I gonna, are, 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 are the cards of these older guys that I own, are they going to be desirable at the time that I'm going to pass away to people who are going to want to purchase them? That might be, 40 or 50 years younger than me? Are they going to want cards of guys from the, you know, the 1910s to the 1960s, let's say. Sure, they'll want the Gordy Howes, the Mickey Mantles, the Bobby Ors, the the um, Wilt Chamberlains, all that stuff. But are they going to want everybody else? I don't know. But have you, you know, kind of off topic there, but in terms of the state of the hobby, have you seen anything like this uh, in the last 20 years, like like what we're seeing right now?
1: No, it's, it's really, it's really wild too, because uh, we're in such a economic downturn for the most part, you know, so many people laid off, uh, the economy's really hurting, but um, people are just, they're just pumping crazy money into the hobby right now. It's, it is, it's, I mean, for lack of a better term, it's ass backwards. Yeah. Uh, It's, it defies logic, basic logic. And that's why
0: and that's why we look for the theories, right? Like you mentioned the even playing field theory. Then there's the whole people are bored. What else are they spending their money on? They're not traveling. Yeah. They may not be buying fancy items that are bigger and bulkier. So mm-hmm. their cards are fun and easy and it's mm-hmm. connecting us to us all still to the sports that we are missing. Right. Listen, before we switch, I want I want we're going to stick on on kind of today's part of the hobby. We're just going to go through a few quick comments here. Scotty's in the room. You guys will all notice I kind of changed the font to make it a little bit smaller. Scotty, welcome to the show. Brett, thank you, man. Having fun with that, I might need to pick your brain on a couple things. Andy's back in the show. Thanks, Andy. Irving's here. Irving, welcome to the show, buddy. Always good to have you. Eli's here. We got we got lots of people in the room, guys. It's awesome to have you all. Corey, welcome to the show, buddy. Um, here's one for you, uh, Barry. Yeah. Adam's it, loving the hat. 84,
1: 1984, uh, Team USA. Team USA. They, that
0: reminds me, is that the hat? Wonder,
1: sorry, Maguire, is that the hat that
0: McGuire was wearing on his baseball yeah, card? That's the one. Right on, right on. Aaron's in the house. Yeah, welcome to another live show. To talk about cards. Awesome, awesome. Andy was asking, did you buy the Murray and Gwynn at auction or buy it now?
1: Uh, buy it now.
0: Buy it now. There you go. There well, you go.
1: About- actually, to be precise.
0: Here's uh Ralphie he says there's still a lot of hall of fame players that are still at idle and I think I think that's you know what that says is that that says opportunity to me Absolutely. right I think that says opportunity Adam's asking Andy's asking for a short list I'm sure we can uh we can think of some of those guys but maybe Ralph will reply directly um, Stefan then made the comment like where do you see the sports market in ten, the sports card market in 10 years is the current market sustainable you want to take a shot at that is the current
1: market sustainable um, you know, I mean, I, again, this, I'm just one man. Uh, I, I don't think it's sustainable like it. Well, okay. Let me rephrase that. I, I don't think it's sustainable for the players that are being bought right now. I, and I mentioned this the other day about Jordan, right? Everyone's riding that Jordan 86 flare. They're riding it into the stratosphere. I think it's going to settle back because I've seen that card peak before and I've seen it come back down and there's a whole ebb and flow with that card. Yeah. Um, the thing is with the last dance right now, it's uh, – and this is the great thing about sports cards. When uh, when you have a guy like uh, Jordan who's truly larger than life, an iconic figure in culture, he kind of transcends sports, right? Like he's Michael Jordan. Like even if you don't really watch basketball, like, oh, man, you're wearing Jordans. He's got that Jumpman logo. So yeah. he's, he's a transcendent guy. So um, that said, like I've seen people come in and grab Jordan stuff because they're like, it's Jordan, man, Jordan, right? And I think that's happening now. This docu series is one of the, the greatest, um, you know, documentary series that has ever been done. Um, it's wildly popular and it plays in perfectly, right? We have no sports. We're lusting. We're thirsting for sports. And what do we have, man? One of the greatest athletes ever on full display, uh, you know, backstage, if you will, you know, cursing and cussing. We're seeing a side of Jordan. We've never seen, seen him crying. It's, it's terrific. So, yeah, things are spiking accordingly, I yeah. think. I think those will settle back down. But to answer the question, I think, uh, for the short term, these guys that are underappreciated, will see a spike in value, but I think it'll kind of maintain because I think when we come out of this people, now we're going to have this in the back of our mind. Can we have an our pandemic, can we have an our situation where sports shut down? Maybe I don't want to put all my eggs into LeBron or Crosby, McDavid, Mike Trout. Maybe I want to appreciate some of these underappreciated guys. And I think you're going to see a rise in those graded and, uh, uh, vintage card market, man, and good. some of the people that are sitting on those really nice great rookies. I know you love to do those from all sports. I mean, you, you're looking good, man. You're looking good. So
0: yeah, I agree. Th- I agree. I, I, um, I want to go back to the Jordan card. So, you know, you mentioned that you've seen the peak before, like this card is selling this week for like $70,000 in PSA 10 USD, $70,000 mm-hmm. up from, you know, twenty within the last year so if you could have yeah. bought, you could have bought them recently and done really well if you had the capital to invest
1: sure. um,
0: you know in terms of the current state of the market can it sustain you know you also tweet you also kind of just tweaked another memory in my head with, or another thought with is that you know a lot of people are collecting the players that are hot right now they're picking up these cards because they're seeing what's going on and a lot of these are new there's a lot of new money in the hobby as we've learned and on the last Mm -hmm. episode of sports cards live from Mm -hmm. brian gray who basically Mm -hmm. said he's spoken to people that are bringing a lot of new money into the show okay great um a lot of these people though they're gonna get their jordan they're gonna get their trout they're gonna get their Griffey, their jeter their crosby their gretzky all all the key cards and then i think they're gonna start looking elsewhere and that's That is why we may we may see more of these, you know, not even necessarily second tier, but the one the one a kind of tier Hall of Famers. And it ties into Brett's question here, where he says, you know, will people discover more of these other less desirable Hall of Famers? And Marcel Dion, who is like the third all time leading scorer in NHL history, comes to mind as a guy who gets no hobby love. And it's true. He doesn't get any hobby love. But people who collect the Hall of Fame registry on um, the PSA registry or people who want all the Hall of Famers, they need that card. Right. Number one, it's a beautiful card. The 71, 72 uh, and TOPS cards are absolutely a beautiful set. Yes, And he's worthy of, of almost all collections where you have a Hall of Fame focus. So I can see that kind of happening where people might become more and more into some of these other players. Uh, There's a hello here from Richard Ho. Hey, Jerry. Hey, Bear. Richard, welcome to the show. Glad to have you. Let's see what Corey's comment is. You've got people with lots of money looking for high interest investments. Banks are offering next to zero. Why not put it in cards? And also, the stock market's a little volatile right now. So it's, you know, I think sports are the one thing that everybody loves all the time. It's easy to not love a stock or a company, you know? So I can definitely see that. A comment by someone we don't know. Anonymous comment, one close at $96,000 in Heritage last week. Pretty crazy. Pretty crazy. All right. Um, Listen, let's move on now. So there's a whole kind of new trend going on in the hobby, these online exclusive type of offerings. So, you know, I remember back in the early 2000s, Topps started with this ETOPS concept and I was all in with it. The, they called them the IPOs, the initial, yeah, uh, so, yeah player offering was it, yeah. And <laughs> I remember every week i I'd, I'd, I'd wait to see who it was and I'd buy them and I have I still to this day have every hockey etops card ever made. I think they did it for three years. Yeah. You know, and then I kind of lost touch with the online stuff. And now we're seeing a couple of new projects, or one in particular by tops, mm-hmm. which yeah. I'm personally really enjoying, and I don't know if a lot of our viewers, are even uh, familiar with it but it's called tops project 2020 i know you're familiar with it why don't you tell us why don't you explain to the viewers what is tops project 2020
1: yeah so uh Topps project 2020 is another um another one of tops online offerings and it's uh basically it's 20 um 20 iconic card, and i think that's why uh sorry um i think that's why they have the uh the 2020 you know 2020 20 cards and they have 20 artists redesigning these cards. Um, and so there's gonna be a set of, you know, 400 cards when you're all done. Uh, sure. um, and so each each uh, release is two cards every 48 hours. And there is a uh, silver artist proof that's limited to 20. Those are uh, 200 bucks a pop. And then there's the regular card, which is uh 1999. And the print run is whatever, you know, it is after 48 hours, whatever they sell. And then mixed in with that is a gold frame one of one. So someone lucky is going to get one of those randomly in lieu of their uh, regular card. Very um, cool. So the, this thing kind of started out a little slowly. Um, I saw some of the online stuff, people talking about it, saying, oh, those are ugly and they're terrible. It's just another cash grab by tops. But the hybrid of sports cards and art. It's taken off. So to use uh, the best example from the set, the f- first Mike Trout, they're uh, uh, doing his 2011 Tops update, obviously one of the, the hottest baseball cards ever produced. Yeah, um, They did a Mike Trout. The first one, it was a print run of 2,900 or so, and people were kind of behind the ball on it. And then this thing picked up steam like other things. And everyone's like, oh, I'm in. I'm in. I got to have them all. Well, the next Trout had like 13,000 print run. And the third one had 35,000, the highest print run I've ever had on a card for Tops Now uh, or one of their online programs.
0: Let me jump in for a quick sec here, Barry. So I know it's a 400 card set, 20 artists, 20 cards. So each artist is going to do each of the 20 cards. Yeah. And right now, I looked at the site today, I think they're at like card 67 or 68. So there's still a ways to go. This thing's going to go for a few months still.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And and some of these, you know, you made the comment that a lot of the, you saw a lot of stuff online that these are ugly and what, a, and I saw the same thing. These are ugly. What a joke. My seven-year-old could have painted this or drawn this. But you know, the fact of the matter is these artists have, and I I researched it a little bit a couple of days ago. A lot of these artists have like over a hundred thousand followers on Instagram. So now what these guys are doing is they're showing off their card that is being released by tops on their online platform. And a hundred thousand people are seeing these baseball cards and these hundred thousand people, they don't collect baseball cards. They collect art. They they follow this artist. So it's only natural that they're going to now say, Oh, I've heard of Mike Trout or, Oh, I've heard of, uh, I mean, any other player in the in the set—Mickey Mantle, Roberto Clemente—all uh, these guys. They've, they've, Sandy Koufax. They've heard of that player. They love this artist. It's only natural that they're going to go purchase the card. And I think that there's potential, therefore, for these people to then expand their searches and perhaps become card collectors. Now, I'm not saying every art collector in the world is going to become a card collector, right? But I'm definitely saying that some of them will, it's just, it's a numbers game. It's just a numbers game. Some of them will become card collectors.
1: So uh, I'll just show this one off, this trout. Sure,
0: yeah, let's see one of these. Um,
1: So this, this trout, this was the first trout produced and uh, you could buy that online. Keep it up there. Keep
0: it up? Keep it up, let's, yeah, let's keep it up there. Cause it's, it's pretty cool. It's a cool looking card. It's a little cartoony, tilt the top. There you go, hold it right there. So it's almost like a, it's almost like a, an art, an art card, but it's, it's a, got some motion to it. Um, yeah. Very stylistic, very original. And I, you know, you look at it, you think it could be a little cartoony. I could see why some people might not like it, but the fact yeah. of the matter is the artist that drew this has a humongous following.
1: Absolutely. And, uh, while we're at, here's uh here's another one.
0: Oh, see, totally different. Totally yeah. different. So to answer the question that was asked below, if these are if you actually get to take ownership of these, um, Andy asked, these are physical cards that they will mail to you or virtual? No, these are physical cards, Andy, that they will mail to you. So, yeah, and they're pretty cool. And Barry, I mean, you you probably know as well as I do, but that first trout that you showed, I think that's the is that artist is that the Ermsy? The artist is Ermsy.
1: Yeah, I was just gonna say, um, so that card you could buy that in the first forty eight hours for um, nineteen ninety nine. Uh, that card in less than a month time is now clearing five hundred dollars almost every copy. <laughs> and so you could have literally had it for nineteen ninety nine, just like like it. a month ago. Yeah, yeah. Now it's you can't have it for under five hundred.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's it it's gone pretty crazy. So what yeah. what I love about this initiative that Tops is doing is that it's exposing us card collectors mm-hmm. to art and to these artists that I never had heard of before. King yeah. Saladin. I mean this. I don't know who King Saladin is, but he's yeah. he's got some beautiful, beautiful
1: cards. Yeah, I like his, ur- he's got that kind of urban look to his uh, art. And that's the thing; they all have a thing unique to him. Uh, I believe his name's Matt Taylor. He's one of the artists. I like his stuff. It reminds me of the '80s, man. It's got kind of a fluorescent uh retro vibe. Uh, right. You know, so you can, you can guys actually. Guys.
0: Sorry, Matt, you can actually go to their web. You can like Google Tops Project 2020. It'll show you what's for sale. And then at the bottom, there's like an archive and they'll show you all the cards that have been made so far. Or just go on eBay and see what people are selling. Just mm-hmm. Google, just in eBay, search for pro- Tops Project 2020 and sure. you will see what all is available. There's Don Mattingly, there's Tony Gwynn, there's... Jeter.
1: Jeter, yeah. Clemente, Gwynn. Gwyn- um, there's 20 of them. Yeah. But of them. They have, they have the one tops.com and they have the, they also have the finite print runs there, which is great. So then you can kind of decide, you know, if you uh, want to go after something or what you might have to pay for something. Cause you know, like, well, the lower print runs are going to cost you. And right. some artists are more popular. Like I actually just made a conscious decision recently. I'm like, I'm not going to buy this whole set. Cause some of the cards, I just don't dig them, right. but some of the artists I like. So I've decided I'm going to chase, a couple of the artists specifically and put the sets together of their cards. So,
0: yeah. And I think that's what a lot of these artists, their fans are going to be doing. They're going to say, Hey, I don't care about these other artists or I'm fans of three of the 20. I'm going to buy all of their cards. And then those particular copies are probably going to disappear from the hobby in terms of being made available because these people are collectors of an artist. They don't necessarily care about tops or Mike Trout as much as they care yeah. about that artist. And then they're finding this way to, Cross over to both sort of niches,
1: right? And then you have the player collectors. That's going to be the other part of it, and that's going to they're going to snap them up. So it's going to be yeah, these things are going to be pretty legit,
0: right? Then yeah, then there's all of us card collectors who like them. You know, at first I saw them at first, and I was like, okay, you know, I got other things to put my money into, so I didn't buy any, and I regret it now because that was like three weeks ago, and now those cards have gone up crazy, and it's like I would have been way ahead had I bought them, and now I now they're out of reach, but. I will admit I have gone on the tops website and I've uh, bought uh, about six cards already. The last six they put out, I've I put I've, I put in orders for because I think they look cool. There's something different, you know. As a card collector, a hobbyist, I appreciate the difference. We're going to step back a couple minutes here to this comment by Eli. Still, mm-hmm. lots of meat on the bone with Iserman and Lemieux high grade rookies, and by mm-hmm. high grade. I'm assuming he means nines and tens, but even eights, you know, Brian Gray made it very clear last week that there's room at eights for a lot of cards, whether it's PSA, BGS, SGC, any of that kind of thing. So I agree with that. Here's another comment. Troy made. This is a good one. I've noticed this too, Troy. Barry, have you noticed this? The 91 Upper Deck Jordan baseball card. I mean, that card was a $5 card. They're going for $400 in PSA 10 now. Yeah, I don't know what they're crazy. doing raw. I don't really look at raw card prices too much, but the card's gone pretty crazy lately.
1: Yeah, I and I know that one, because you know, my sons being baseball fans, uh, my oldest is like, Oh, you gotta get me a Jordan uh you know baseball rookie, like a nice one. I'm like, all right, I'll pop around eBay. I'm like, holy cow. Yeah, you'll
0: find can... one, you'll probably find a raw copy for under 20 bucks, put it in, oh. in, a, in a nice uh, one touch and you're you're set to go. Brett says he loves the concept. They seem to have taken on a life of their own. I agree. They've totally taken on a life of their own. I also recommend to everyone out there, if you want to go list, um, actually, this is really cool. So I've talked about before on the show, another one of my sort of basketball friends, um, online content, the house of Jordans. So the house of Jordans is an awesome uh, YouTube show and podcast podcast. And there are three, there, it's a it's a three-person show, three hosts basically. And one of the co-hosts, Christina, she now has a spin-off. So their, their YouTube show now has a spin-off called Christina's Corner. So you can you can search on YouTube for Christina's Corner, House of Jordans. You'll find it. And she's actually interviewed, I think now two artists from Project 2020. I believe she just yeah. reached out to them on Instagram and said, Hey, love what you're doing, love your cards, love your art. Can I get an interview? So she's interviewed, I think, two of these guys. So yeah, I re- if anyone's really interested in kind of de- diving deep in this in this product, which yeah. I- I'm kind of doing now, yeah. um, check out Christina's corner on YouTube, and always check out House of Jordans. Those guys are awesome. They get really analytical, so I recommend them a hundred percent. But go, go. You can see, you can see actually interviews with these artists, and that will, you know, just like we feel connection to the athletes. Now mm. you can have a connection to the artist behind it as well, which I think just by seeing them talk and their mannerisms and who they are, I think that's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, for sure. For sure. Rich, and,
0: welcome uh, to the room, buddy. Welcome to the show. Um, sorry, uh, Barry, you were saying.
1: No, no, I was just going to say, uh, you know, people say, oh, man, you lucked out on the trout. Well, I really just bought it by default because, again, my oldest, he collects trout. So he wants to. See, so we've all, you know, everyone in the house has their interests. He wants all the trout cards, right? I want a couple of artists and my youngest, he's like, I don't, he's funny. I'll take them all. They're all cool, dad. They are. And they're
0: doing, I mean, I know you're a Mets fan. They're doing Dwight good and he played for the Mets. So there's another one that you could pick up, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I've been definitely dialed in on doc. Yep.
0: So here's a comment uh, from my buddy, uh, Kyle Beaker. This is a bit long. This is similar to what happened with the low prints in tops living set. If you're familiar with it, some of the living set short prints, under 4000 copies we're fetching over $500 in the initial months. You know, Kyle, awesome point because I actually have the uh the Tops Living Set on our list of things to just at least touch on tonight, Barry. Um yeah. because I know that you're you're a you're a baseball card collector so you're familiar with the the Tops uh Live Pro uh, program as well as the um the Tops Now program. Any just sort of really quickly any bits of information for the people watching out there on those two programs maybe what they are what sets them apart but
1: um you know the living set is based on the uh, 1953 tops baseball design it's one of the most classic designs if you've seen any of the cards you'll know they're gorgeous yeah and you know that's that's one of my biggest things about getting tops back into hockey you know being a huge hockey guy too um their their designs are just unparalleled tops heritage it's I know, yeah. You love that man. I love Tops Heritage. Tops Heritage and Allen and Ginter, those are my two favorite sets every year in any sport. Yeah. I I love them. I love them. I love them all day long. And um again, just to you know, bring Mike Trout into play because he's the he's the X Factor. There's uh his Tops Heritage, uh it was his um his throwback uniform. They have these different variation cards, you know, they're unannounced short prints. And they do different things. They do like nicknames, or you know, they'll put a different hat on the player. Just something, some little tweak to the card. Well, the uh, Topps Heritage uh, 2020 Trout with the retro uniform, throwback Angels uniform. That thing was clearing almost two grand for a parallel. Wow, for parallel. I mean, this is this is that's that's another example of cards just bonkers money, man. I mean, sure, it's a super short print. There's nothing special about. it. It's just a picture, cardboard stock, matte stock, no UV coating, no autograph, no memorabilia, no serial number. Two grand. I don't know, man. You tell me. I lost audio.
0: My bad. Here I am. Sorry. Yeah. It's uh, it's 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 interesting that these, you know, that that so much money is being thrown at these cards, and I think a lot of it has to do with the scarcity. You know, it's it's the player depicted. And the yep. scarcity. and I think a lot of people are moving away from the thicker cards that were all the rage in the, you know, from 2002 to three up until right now, pretty much. I think a lot of people are really enjoying the regular 35 point cards and and that sort of thing. But that's a whole other discussion. Ralph says the sa- when you were showing the trail card, the samurai bad swing. Yeah, I mean that card grew on me. I'll definitely admit it grew on me. Aaron says they look incredible. and The art market is massive. A great combo. I mean, he's right. The art market is massive and these 20 guys between them, guys and girls, I'll say there are, there are a female artists in the tops 2020 project, 2020, uh, collection of artists as well. Um, you know, they, between them there, they probably have a couple million followers on their social
1: That's
0: wild, and they're all being exposed to cards right now. So, you know. Okay. Brian Gray last Saturday made the comment that this is just the tip of the iceberg. This is just the beginning. And when I thought about that and then I thought after the show, I thought about Project 2020 and how many people it's exposing to our hobby. Mm-hmm. I started to think, you know what? He Brian might be right for among other reasons. The reason that we are being exposed to all these people who may not be thinking about sports cards top of mind and now they're going to be thinking about it because it's in front of them and cards are awesome they're small they're easy to ship easy to receive easy to store they don't take up a lot of room you can have a thousand of them and someone might not even know they're in your house because they don't take up a lot of room and they have value like they're i mean hey this is a this is a sports card show i love cards so i mean i i'm obviously going to see all the great reasons for, for for that but um what is this this comment from brett he thinks it will create more investors than collectors I can't, you know, that's an interesting comment. I didn't think of that. Um, It it, it could create more investors and collectors. I wonder if it's going to bring in more collectors than investors, though. And then maybe that change will happen where, you know, we're bringing in collectors of art. I don't know where the, where, what, what he's thinking in terms of where the investors are coming from. Brett, if you have a quick answer to that or a quick to expand on, I'm really curious so I can get my head around that a little bit further. Sam, welcome to the show again. Great to have you. Um, okay, listen, uh, we are almost at the end of comments. I'll run through the last three and then we'll move on. Marvel sketch concept. This tops is bringing both sides of the fence attached to bring them on the sports side as well. Okay, I think basically saying, you know, we're appealing to two different markets, two different groups of, of people out there, and you're going to have crossover, which, which is something that the hobby, I think, needs we always need we want growth right we always want growth in this hobby and i i like what tops is doing for that in in terms of what they're doing there are other companies out there doing their own things being panini and upper deck we're focusing kind of on the baseball piece so we can talk about those a little bit later yeah you know aaron says it'd be great if they do something with hockey you know i don't know that they have the license for that um and then (laughs) the trail card shows us the power of set collector versus player collector like good point right the player collectors are buying that thing up. And I think you can buy them in bulk. So you're not limited to one per person, which is probably where some people are maybe buying a hundred of them or so type of thing. So, all right. Welcome to the show, Rod. I see you out there. Good to have you, buddy. All right. So we've kind of talked about the state of the hobby. We've talked about Tops Now, Project 2020. Uh, We we talked uh, the other day about COMC, C-O-M-C. And my guest on Saturday is the Founder and CEO Tim Getch. Yeah. how do we talk about ComC? How have you been uh, during this whole COVID nineteen virus crisis? The social, uh, social distancing, practicing social distancing. Yeah. How does that for you tie into ComC?
1: Uh, I mean, for me, it's been uh, it's been tremendous. Well, I shouldn't say for me personally. I should say for um, my sons. They, uh, you know, their collections have grown exponentially because of ComC. Um, they've been able to just, you know, go on there and just buy hordes of cards, right. That they, uh, don't have, or maybe they didn't even know existed. Like we're just typing their guys in and filtering it either by, uh, years or, you know, price range we do lowest price range. Right. I mean, which is a smart thing to do, right. You can fill your collection. I mean, why, why would you pay more for the card? Right?
0: Yeah. Can- save some money. Why not?
1: So, yeah. So, you know, we've been doing that and I mean, I've bought, jeez i think i bought like three four hundred cards for them from com c in the past you know whatever a couple months since this all hit it has been great because you know yeah they're bored man they're stuck home and uh both both my sons have a they have asthma so they're a little more high risk um so yeah we're going to protect them obviously but we want to keep them happy too man i mean they're kids right they want to go out they don't they understand what's going on. They're both old enough to understand that something serious is going on. They know about germs because I'm a paramedic. So, I mean, they know. So, uh, but, but yeah, it's been awesome, man. Com C is, is, they're doing great things over there. I've, I've always enjoyed the platform um, for the reasons I just stated. I mean, COVID aside, um, it's awesome. I mean, where else can you go and find a catalog of like, Almost every card conceivable under the sun. I mean, one of ones and some of the higher stuff aside, but you know, just it's 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 bonkers, man. It's it's such a great concept. It's one of the greatest things that's happened to our hobby, really.
0: Yeah, and you know what? It it also it also provides another option from eBay, right? I mean, let's eBay is the to me is the the truest livest market there is in the hobby. I know that there's so many. So many transactions that go on off eBay, private deals all the time. So many other auction companies out there that are doing cards, but nobody runs through as many cards per day as eBay does. And now C, in my opinion, and I've been a member, a user, a seller, a buyer on C since 2013. So I'm a big fan. I have been forever. And I've seen them evolve and grow and how things have changed. And on Saturday, Tim will come on and I'm sure he'll be able to answer a lot of questions and talk Mm -hmm. a lot about it and maybe even explain reasons for some of the the changes they've made over time as they've grown, which I think will be really interesting. But right now, you know, everyone, yeah, everyone, everyone's stuck inside. Kids are stuck inside. And Mm ComSeek just provides another option from eBay where you actually buy the card right then and there. You don't have to wait for the auction to end, you know, it's and they're basically buy it nows. You can make an offer and get countered and eventually buy the card. But there's a lot of cards on there that you might not see on eBay because they're too cheap for eBay because people won't pay the shipping on a card So yeah, you go yeah. on and buy cards for 25, 27 cents up to whatever, you know, in, in the, you know, other, a lot of cards under five bucks, fill out your sets. I think we're seeing a lot of people right now filling sets because they're bored, right? at home. So what yeah. a great time to go fill sets. Have you guys been filling any sets? Has that been an approach?
1: we've uh we've not only filled sets we've actually built sets from- oh really <laughs> yeah yeah my uh my youngest he collects Aaron Judge we did the entire 30 card Walmart exclusive rookie of the year uh Tops Walmart uh, hybrid rookie of the year set of Aaron Judge from COMC um we did that one we did a few uh Mickey Mantle sets for my uh, older son uh he you know he collects Mantle He collects Yankees we did uh some Derek Jeter sets you know all these these cool player specific 10 20 30 card sets we we built them just on there. It was it was awesome man. I mean, can you imagine before that what would, that would have cost me on eBay to get 30 cards with shipping even if some of them are free shipping, let's say half of them. I'm still looking at what? 5 45 dollars in shipping? Just right. few Yeah, and so so
0: crazy. You know what I want to we're going to go to some comments because I think they're kind of on point and timely right now. So we don't have to come back to a past topic, which I have a tendency of doing on the show. But mm-hmm. um, so first of all, back to Brett, he says, I think there will be a lot of new people coming in who will be looking at the resale value versus collectability. Well, sure. And fair enough. Come on in. You know, the more the more people that are being exposed, the better. So but thanks, Brett, for clar- clarifying that. I, I appreciate it. Aaron says, "I think it depends. Uh, it depends on the collector. Some are art collectors will keep it, and some will be about the resale value. A bit of both. Yeah, I agree." For you, Barry. Scotty says he loves the ore picture in the background. Why don't you show sure. Pete? Just put your head out of the way.
1: Well, yeah. So that uh, that is one of my most uh, treasured things. You can't see what it says, um, but it kind of ties into. Um, we'll, we'll probably talk about the Father of the Year thing, um, being a dad. It's actually signed to me. It says. Uh, to Barry thank you for being a great father to Austin and Blake and thank you for being my fan Bobby Orr. I mean it's just an incredible
0: that, that might be one of the best inscriptions I've ever I've ever heard so congratulations on the piece it is really cool and I'm glad that uh that it was noticed on the show and we could actually speak about it so that's awesome
1: yeah yeah it's I mean I I love that I look at it every day and I love Bobby Orr. Who doesn't (laughs) love that moment? Who doesn't? And of course, yeah. But I love my sons more than anything, and I have Bobby Orr recognize that. And I mean, I can't even. So Scott also
0: says Calm C has been great for him as a seller over the last two months. And Scott, I mean, I think that probably speaks to people filling in sets and just you know browsing online. Uh, You know, when you're bored and you're done watching Netflix, maybe you're doing this. When you're done watching sports cards live, maybe you're going to Calm C. You know. Amit, hey, buddy, how are you? ComC is a cat's meow. I know for a fact that Amit has one of the biggest portfolios on ComC. So if he wants to share what it's called, Amit, please throw it up, and I'll put it on the screen for people, and they can go check out your ComC account. Andy says he struggles with their shipping prices. Maybe it's better now. Andy, you know what? We'll talk about that on Saturday with Tim, the founder and CEO. Um, I, I do remember back uh, in the day, early ComC, C. You could get as you could build up a hundred cards in your account, and they would ship them to you for three dollars. And I wondered how are they surviving on that? I mean, the just the time to pick those out of inventory has to be worth much more than three dollars in labor. So I didn't ever understand that. And when they raised the price, I also thought it's probably a good thing they're raising the price because it's going to help them sustain more long term. So I just that's just a, a comment um, on the shipping. Um, Brett says he likes it. What one aspect would you like to see improved on that platform? That's a great question, Brett. And, um, you know, for the answers that come up, I'll see if there's been any more in the comments, but these are things that I'll try to remember to bring up with Tim on Saturday. Barry, do you have, is there one thing that you think you'd like to see improved on the, on the platform?
1: Um, yeah, you know, I, 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 I can't really complain about. It. I mean, it's been really great for what we've used it for and the times we've used it. So I can't really I no. Don't have, I, don't, I don't have any beef. Really. I like
0: it too. I'm
1: sure I, there's. I'm sure if I thought about it a little more, you um, know, they, they offer
0: they basically offer so many different ways of searching um, mm-hmm. that that eBay just can't do or or doesn't do. So I, I recommend if you're new to ComC and you're going to check it out, have a look at the way they have their their left-hand search pane going there's so many different options um rod makes the comment he sent 8,000 cards to com c at the last expo so glad he did they've been selling like crazy i mean yeah. great like you know it's uh it's it's the real deal com c is definitely the real deal sure. um, al al says he's completing mid 90 sets from com c from cards that he had in boxes in his closet so i mean that's the other thing you know we buy boxes of cards over the years and we 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 take the base, the hits, we put them away, we kind of forget about them, right. and then you go back and you look and think, Oh, that was a cool insert that I hit, you know. But you only have two of the 20. Right. Yeah. what a better way to go fill those in. You need 18 cards. You can probably get them on con C for under a buck each, and then the shipping will be what it is. The shipping has gone up in price, but it, it had to. I mean, and, and as for what it's at now, I know that they, if you're shipping to Canada. They have the, and all the duties and all that are, are included in the price. So they at least get that kind of kind of out of the way. Amit on Com C is New York. New York. If anyone wants to see Amit's uh, portfolio on Com C, look for New, New York. York. Roddy's is investment underscore sports cards, guys. If you're missing these, I'll kind of put them up again. But check out these guys' accounts on comc Com C. I know both of them have great cards on there. I've, I've actually bought cards from both these guys on there and something from a meet just a couple months ago. I don't remember what it was right now, A meet, I know I told you at the time, but uh, probably an Ovechkin from Fleer Retro or something like that. And here Al says, he placed an order today, economy shipping 549 for 36 cards plus $10 in duty. Can't beat that compared to eBay. No, you can't beat that for 36 cards. 36 cards is going to cost you at least a hundred dollars to ship if you're doing ebay buying them one at a time right so good point good point all right great i'm glad we got to cover off a little bit of com c so let's go back in time now man we've 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 covered off quite a bit of good content here but i think you know i always like to when i when i talk to all the guests on the show and this is the 10th episode again you know Pretty proud of that i'm pretty excited to get to episode number 10 without uh you know and the viewership's going up every time so again, a humongous and a sincere thank you to everybody who's watching like i don't often look right into the camera because here's me looking at the camera and there's me looking at the guest so uh but i want to just look at the camera and say i really 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 thank everybody who's watching all the following on instagram and the subscribers on youtube guys i i truly truly appreciate i'm having so much fun with this so just a sincere thank you to everybody. I I, I don't want to get too emotional, so I'll, I'll, I'll cut it off there. But thanks again to just for being a part of this. I I real, I, I actually say, you know, show show's called Sports Cards Live, and the tagline is, you know, where you're part of the show because I really like to involve all the comments and get you guys interacting. So I just hope it's uh, something that you're all enjoying and we can con- continue to enjoy together as the time goes by. Okay, back to Barry. Um, so... Let's get into it. I mentioned at the beginning of the show that we met at the national. We yep. got to hang out with a few different guys. You sure. made your way up to Toronto for an expo, and I actually have a few pictures here uh, that go back in time. And I know a lot of the viewers will will enjoy seeing these. So I'm gonna we're gonna bring up the the share screen here. I'm gonna show some pictures, guys, that go back to 2008. Right? This is yeah. This is 2008. So there's a much younger Barry and a much younger. Uh, jeremy from uh 2008 and um there we are at the at at a bar like bar slash pub right across from uh wrigley field where the cubs were playing and we were there hanging out after the game with the crew from upper deck and just having some some uh, munchies and waiting to for the next stop of the night uh do you have any any specific memories from this from from the game or that night
1: yeah i mean the the game was fun i think uh there was a lot more uh hanging out and ch- chatting. You know, we weren't all in our seats too much. You know, it's it probably a half and half split because, you know, everyone's mingling and kind of you're meeting new people or catching up with old friends. And um, so it was a good time. You know, I was rapping with, you know, the usually suspects, Carvin. uh Almir was there, if people remember him from the
0: editor, I think current Beckett editor again now. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: You know, Chris uh, Carvin, who's Everywhere Upper Deck is always he was there. And- Chris Barr from Panini was
0: there as I believe Chris Barr was with Panini him. was there as well. Yeah, yep, Get rid yep. of that. All right. What do we have next picture? So this is actually a picture from the expo when Upper Deck held a round table. And in this picture, so there's Eli, who's watching the show right now. There's Carvin, who was my guest on episode number two. There's Chris Carlin, who was my guest a couple of Saturdays ago. This guy here is a, It's just funny that we have this picture. This guy here, his name is John Waldman, and I actually know him. We're from the same hometown, and it made me pull out a book that I have that I thought I'd show the everybody here. I'll, I'll show it after when when I enlarge the screen. Let's do the pictures. the back.
1: back the flyer, and that's,
0: and that's Chris Barr's back, who's now with Panini. So that was pretty cool. And then uh, that's you and Mike Giuseppe, who's a very uh, very strong contributor on the Hobby Insider message boards. And uh, he's a
1: big breaker, big breaker,
0: big breaker of baseball and hockey. Loves his cards. Um, so that, that's you and Mike just outside the game. I, who knows? I might have taken that picture for you. Yeah. Another one, you, uh, Chris Barr, and Carvin. And there's oh, you man. and the man, Gordy Howe. Uh, he yeah. doesn't look too scared of the punch coming, though. He seems to yeah. be
1: he's laughing. He's laughing at me. He's Gordy ah. Howe.
0: Exactly. And there's my buddies from the, my buddy Adam's podcast again. All right. So back to you and me, I'm going to show this book now. So this is a book called got Gotham got em, need em. And Barry, you have some books too. Now's a good time. Yeah. Well, the books. We're going to do a little bit of a book recommendation. Then we'll come back to the past, but this is, you a bunch of you guys have probably seen this got him got him, need em, a fan's guide to collecting the top 100 sports cards of all time. Now it's written by Stephen LaRoche, who is a recent Beckett editor. Now I think he's freelancing. And, uh, maybe doing some accounting courses on the side and John mm-hmm. Waldman, who is in that picture, who is someone that I pretty much grew up with in uh, Winnipeg back in the day. So this is a great book. You know, it's got full of like all sorts of color pictures, all sports are represented. So if anyone's looking for some reading material, check mm-hmm. out autumn, got Needem. Got em, need em. any books uh, you had showed me earlier. Why don't you show a couple that you recommend? Yeah,
1: yeah, I've got a few, um, this is, uh, I mean, it's not a sports card book, but it's, uh, it's a great book. Um. By Jack Fella, uh, home ice, really really good read. Okay. Uh, we got, uh, this one's a good one. You probably heard about. It's pretty controversial. Uh, by uh, Patrick uh, O'Sullivan. Okay. we uh, breaking away. It's a pretty heavy duty reading. Um, he was uh, pretty pretty abused as a child. Um, okay,
0: interesting. But, uh, interesting topic. Uh, yep.
1: Yeah. Uh, this one is a classic. Everyone loves this one. If you're if you're a sports card guy, you got to read this book, man. This is like required reading in uh, the sports card realm, I would say. Yeah. Is, it's an amazing read. It really is. Uh, it's, it's a page turner. It's a page turner for sure. For I think sure. I picked
0: that up. That card's been out. It's a, it's at least 15 years old by now, uh, maybe 20. And uh, I remember purchasing and reading it and then reading it again, probably 10 or 15 years later, uh, more recently. Definitely definitely a, a good read. So.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, and this one's, uh, excellent one. Uh, while we're talking about baseball cards and, uh, investment and stuff like that, you guys will really enjoy this one. Uh, mint condition. So, but there's, there's a lot of great, there's a ton of great books out there, sports cards. Um, I have one more, but, uh, my younger friends actually has it right now. It's the greatest collection by Dr. Jeffrey Griffith. Um, Oh, right. That is an outstanding book. And if I can, Send a text and get it down here. I'll show the cover, but um, that is a magnificent book. If you want to connect hockey and hockey card history, uh, Jeffrey is a—he's a great friend of mine, and he's an amazing writer, amazing writer. So uh, he actually—he actually
0: wrote that book in conjunction with the Hockey Hall of Fame.
1: Yeah, he actually, yeah,
0: he was actually going to do. He had a different concept at first, and then when he connected with the Hall of Fame, they kind of helped him kind of refocus the the book. And that's what came out. He's also the guy that wrote the book Gretzky Cards. He's, yeah. he's pretty known, pretty well known as the number one Gretzky collector in the world uh, in terms of having like one of every card made up until around, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But he's got an amazing collection. Check out his books. He's got two. He's now got, he's now got Doctor in front of his name. Congratulations to Jeffrey, Dr. Jeffrey Griffith. So definitely check that out. Lots of comments flowing in. Um, let's just see what we got here. Uh, PLJ is asking if you can show any highlights of your Kopitar collection. I did ask you to bring out a few cards. Did you bring any Kopitars to show?
1: Yeah, you know, I actually didn't. We've uh, we've actually, we broke down pretty much most of the Kopitar collection and moved it off for baseball. Um, so long story short, I, I'm a Kings fan, huge LA Kings fan. I grew up in LA. I kind of forced the Kings on my sons, Yeah, uh, you know, like any good father would force them, right? Um, but, you know, there's back. Yeah, a few later, they both.
0: We are obligated to force our team on our ki- on our children. We need to create fans of the teams we're fans of. So I I, I support that. Sorry, keep going.
1: Yeah, no, no. So anyway, I was uh, I got the pushback from the older one uh, a few years ago, and he's like, "Well, he's like, I like Kopitar, but you know who I really like? I'm like, don't say it, don't say. It. He's like Crosby. Oh, that very expensive. Yeah. So he so we started you know, moving Kopitar stuff off to reinvest into Crosby and, you know, baseball, he's really big into baseball. And I think he makes a connection with it because he plays it. Um, and I think we have a tendency to do that. Those of us that play sports, when you play a sport, you connect with it a little more. And, you know, I mean, I played a lot of sports, but I played hockey well into my late twenties. Um, so I, I've always loved it. Um, I played baseball a ton growing up in Redonda Beach in Southern California. I mean, Southern California is a baseball Mecca. So, Um, but yeah, you know, I have, I have some cards to show off. Uh, Sorry, they're
0: not Kopitar. It's not Kopitar. Let's just hold off for now. There's lots of comments to come to. We'll get, I definitely want to see some cards, but let's just run through a bit of this here. Uh, The mayor is definitely in the house. Richie, always a pleasure to have you. Uh, Thank you, Jeremy. Uh, You're welcome. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Brett. You're more than welcome. Oh, I keep killing it. Shows have been unreal. Thank you, Sam. Can't tell you how much I appreciate that. Congrats, Jeremy. Absolutely deserved and devoted to the hobby. Yes, I am definitely devoted to the hobby. If you don't know that by now, keep watching. It'll, it'll, it'll come through, I'm sure. Roddy, what do you say? you did such a great person for the hobby. Nothing but good things. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Aw, thanks, everybody. Um, awesome. That was Diamond Club at Mike Dinka's, Mike Dinka's, probably Dinka's restaurant. That's where that one picture was because Richie was at, what would, would have been at the Diamond Club event uh, yeah. for sure. For yeah, sure. I
1: saw, saw him in a couple pictures today when I was poking uh, around like, there's the mayor before he was the mayor.
0: Yeah, exactly. Here he says, my kids will be Islander fans. No, they won't, Richie. No, they won't. They will be. And Andy says, Jets are flames. Now, I'm originally from Winnipeg. I live in Calgary now, but I left, I left Winnipeg just after the well not just after the Jets left in ninety six I left in oh two and then the Jets came back in twenty eleven so I've been a I'm a Flames fan number one and a Jets fan second and that 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 gap has grown as the years have gone by and I've become just more of a more of a Flames fan myself. So okay back to the back to your history. We keep getting sidetracked that's just the way the show goes with so much interaction with the with the people watching. um so back to back to your i want to hear back you know we talked we started by talking about how we met at the national and we met online what what got you into cards in the in the very first place as a young kid yourself before you had kids what got you into cards
1: uh you know i mean i again i grew up redonda beach california southern california down by the beach uh baseball is king down there well dodgers and lakers predominantly are king um you know, I, uh, I don't really remember one specific moment. Uh, there's a few moments now, but. What's your, earliest, what's your earliest
0: memory of, uh, of owning a card or I buying a
1: card? Early, uh, I started breaking packs and I want to say, I think I actually got my first packs of cards back uh, on the East Coast. My grandparents uh, are from Connecticut uh, on my mom's side. And I used to spend my summers there with them or two or three weeks every summer. Darien, Connecticut, small town, and my uh, both my grandparents were Mets fans, so that's where that got started. Sure. So we go down I ninety five, go to Shea, and I, you know, I actually got to see the beginning of that old Mets team. You know, I was seven, eight, going to see Strawberry as a rookie, Gooden as a rookie, and then you know they won in eighty six. Um, but I think my grandpa took me to like a sports card place, or and maybe it wasn't a card, whatever it was, and got me some packs, and I was like, oh, this is cool, and, um, and then.
0: How did you? How did you first find? Like a lot, you know. We're on YouTube. We're on Facebook doing video now. It's it's come a long way from when we were on the Beckett boards in two thousand two, two thousand one. You know, the early early two thousands. Right. Um, wh- how did you first even? Do you remember when you first found an outlet to share the hobby with other people? Now we can share it anywhere
1: online.
0: Phone out and you're in sharing Google, in
1: general. I and, mean, I, I think my youngest memories were like junior high me and my friends we would uh we would go to the local shops we'd walk there after school and uh buy wax and you know trade and it was really cool there was a guy that collected eric davis i remember another guy collected oral hersheiser and i traded all those to them you know for my daryl strawberry cards or whoever i wanted we all coveted the 86 canseco rated rookie right that was uh that was a card man for a long time i mean when when he hit 40 40 in 88 that card went, you know, it, I went, know. Man, it I, went bananas. Or 87, man, right out of the gates, 49 bombs.
0: Yeah. Um, Speaking of the Conseco card in, in in probably 1988, hmm. I told you this story last night when we were having a discussion. I hmm. actually, in 1988, guys, you, you, I'm sure some of you can identify with a story like this. So I used to go into Joe Daly's sports cards in Winnipeg in 88, 89. And uh, his son, Travis, was working the shop with him. And I went in there one day and I traded for their Jose Canseco rookie cart again, 1988. I traded them, uh I traded them one of those uh, in-dash car CD players that you would that you would put in your dashboard, yeah. you know, when you actually no uh, fine. back in the day when you got out of your car, you took your stereo with you. Right, right
1: I that. or the face, or the face, you
0: or the face, right? The face plate, the cooler, the coolest, oh, yeah. plate, the, the <laughs> face plate, for what made you cool back then, right? Right, I right. I Traded them my in dash car stereo for a Jose Canseco rookie card in 1988. I was I was 16 years old, so it might have been 89. Maybe I was 17. Yeah. But yeah, that's uh, that. That was way, yeah. way back then.
1: Well, it shows your passion for cards, right there. Oh, that's I mean, cards for- you sacrificed the tins.
0: Yeah, man, it's uh, cards are definitely in my blood, a hundred percent. Like so many of the people watching, like yourself too. I mean, and you know, we do go in phases. We, you know, we do. I haven't taken months off in years now. Where I, I mean, I can't remember the last time I didn't buy a card of for the a period of longer than say a week. It's probably been ten years since I've done something like that. But we're all we're all sort of in this hobby together. We all approach it differently, and uh, and that's what's awesome. out is that there's room for everybody right right You're getting kind of off, off, off the topic of kind of your history and the hobby so you start out like most of us you love your team yeah. an old a grandfather a father kind of helps you connect to those yeah.
1: players i uh you know and I don't, I don't know who's watching um, but you never know uh, i used to go to galaxy comics was my place in redonda beach california it was on aviation avenue um i used to go there and i kind of got into it's called comics, right? A lot of these places did start as comic stores and right. sports cards actually eventually took the, took the king of the hill spot. But um, yeah, I used to, I used to dabble in comics too. This was back in the eighties, right? So I'd buy transformer comics, GI Joe, you know, all the things I associated with my toys at home that were cool or my TV shows, just like the baseball cards I associate with the athletes and teams on TV, right? I mean, there's connections to everything. So that allowed me to branch off into other things. I was, you know, I was always collecting, collect my, like I said, my GI Joe's, my comics, my cards, but uh, staying on the card thing. Yeah, man. I just, I started with baseball and then I got into hockey a little bit and this was before Gretzky came to town. Like this is the old uh, forum blue and gold Kings jerseys. And my dad would take me to the forum. And I remember we'd go to the forum club, which was like the little VIP area and man, all the guys would come in there after the game drink from both teams. And they'd all be, ass slapping each other. It was great, man. And so I grew up around these guys, just seeing like larger than life. And Marcel Dion lived up the road from us. And then when Luke Robitaille came to the Kings, he moved in with uh, Dion. So um, yeah, it was just cool. And then Gretzky came town, and things went bananas, bananas, man. And, and, you know, I mean, if Gretzky doesn't go the Kings, we don't have the ducks. We don't have the sharks. We don't have the coyotes. We don't have the Dallas. We don't have that whole Southern belt. Yeah. there's no it's amazing what he did. There's amazing. no doubt
0: the impact he had on hockey in the in the US and, and global growth. Hopefully, now we can see the, the sport grow, you know, across the pond and uh help help our hobby and help the sport grow everywhere. Back to some more comments here. Uh Peter says that Travis is still working with Joe. That's again Joe Daly, former NHLer, played for the Penguins, the Red Wings, uh, the Winnipeg Jets and the WHA. And um yeah, every time I go to Winnipeg or almost every time I go to Winnipeg, I go visit and say hi because uh I've you know I've known these guys since I was for more than half my life. Um Andy says, nice trade, Jeremy. Thanks, Andy. I'm still happy with that one. That Kinseiko rookie is long gone, but I have I did several years ago pick up a, a PSA 10 copy for probably I probably paid $80 or $90. And now in this recent market, the state of the hobby today, it's like a $350 card. So Uh, (laughs) Richie knows a guy who can get my car, my, my radio back. No (laughs) question. You're the mayor. You have pull. There's, there's no doubt about that. Here's a question for you, uh, Barry from Richard. How do you set a budget for your boys when it comes to buying cards?
1: (laughs) Uh, That's like, how do you say no to your kids? Right. (laughs) But yeah, no, I mean, you you have to have a finite budget. So I've uh, basically what it's come down to when collecting with my guys is I've just told them, quality over quantity right now on the flip side comc has been great for the quantity right you know they've been able to fill the collection out there you know you can have five or six hundred cards but have you know four or five key ones so you know i basically the my older son he does chores and stuff like any other kid saves money up and um i mean i definitely help i mean i think every parent's done that with their kids whatever it may be you know you Know kids have different interests, right? Some parents what, uh they buy their kids horses, right? They they want to be equestrian riders or do something. I mean, that's probably on the pricier side of things, but you know, uh just things like that. You buy your kids toys, whatever they collect. Well, um, you know, my boys have got a really big, you know, interest in baseball, baseball cards, hockey, hockey cards. So um, you know, I just tell them, like, if you want a card, let's Let's save up a little for it and just go for that. It's be, I, I always say it's better to have like five good cards. This is my opinion. This is what I tell them. Five good cards than, you know, 500 cheap ones. You'll appreciate them more. You know, you can manage them a little better. You can kind of look, here's my five cards, right? But they're awesome cards. They are tremendous cards. They're not like, right. you know. As
0: their father, it's on you to give them that advice and help steer them through life. So I commend you for that. I think, hmm. you know, back to the whole calm C thing, you can, you can, you can find enjoyment in cheaper cards too. And, but I'm not saying go crazy and have a million of them, but yeah. you can also fill the gap, you know, while, while you're saving up for that hundred dollar card as a younger, as a, as a kid, you know, in his early teens, yeah. while you're saving up for that, you can go spend 75 cents here and 59 cents there and yeah. fill in a set that you're still going to enjoy. Because, yeah. you know, i even for me as a, as a, 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 a seasoned and mature collector, While I love the 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 investment grade pieces in my collection because I just love the cards and the history behind them and even some of the the modern pieces. I also get off on low end cheaper cards too. Like I buy them all the time.
1: And and that's awesome. And I see that a lot with them. And I was uh I was talking to one of my buddies the other day about it. Um, you know, I've seen my oldest son. He's just uh he's grabbed a card and gravitated towards it and he's like, this is just awesome. I love it. I love the look of it. It's two dollars, and he'll be like, "I like it just as much as this two hundred dollar card." Cool, yeah. I'll get the two dollar card, and sometimes it is the two hundred dollar card. It just depends. But but that's where I know it's pure for him—the joy of the hobby. He's he's looking at things aesthetically. He doesn't look at dollar figures. He he truly does not. I mean, he knows like cards are expensive. He knows like Mike Trout's an expensive guy. Crosby's an expensive guy. So. It's going to be few and far between the things we get, but he will appreciate them that much more when he does get one, and, right. and that's it. I think we're we're doing it right. So, and
0: that's 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 a whole other that's a whole other show. That's parenting and raising your kids, to value the dollar and value hard work and work for what you get and all that. I'm going to run through just because we talked about kind of you know, how dedicated we are on the hobby. A couple of comments have come through from a couple of the viewers. So let's see what they say. Uh, Scott says he had to leave the hobby in 0405 when he lost his job. What a crappy year to take a break. Got back in about 08, 09 and haven't stopped since. Right, yes. we take break. I took a small break in the late 90s when I was just focusing on my university studies and that. So, you know, I think everybody has a period where they haven't been in. And I, I think I'm, I'd be one of the last people to ever take a break in my lifetime. But even I took a break, you know?
1: Yeah, I took I took a break when my second was born. It was just a lot, man. Lots going on, right?
0: Amit remembers when he was seven would take all his cards, put them in sandwich bags, cover them in tin foil. That's an interesting way. I I don't think anyone's doing that anymore. Amit always knew they'd be worth something, and I'm flabbergasted they stayed in relatively good shape. Well, I'm sure you're not doing that with your cards anymore today, Amit. But hey, I like the outside the box thinking and ways to store your cards. I mean, it's a common theme. On various platforms, people are always asking, hey, show me, show pictures of how you show your, uh, how you store your cards, how you display your cards. And those are some of the most fun posts, whether it's on message boards or Facebook or Instagram. I hmm. love seeing how people right. consume the cards they already have, you know.
1: It's informative for all of us. We learn from each other.
0: Exactly. And you you find good ideas question from you from my good buddy, Darcy, Barry, where were you and how did you take it when Gretzky came to the Kings? Do you remember when you found out? And, and I'll, I'll add to the question when you found out about it, did you know that Gretzky was as big and good as he was?
1: Yeah. So I did know cause I, uh, you know, even, even when I was younger, my dad was always a hockey fan, Kings fan. So we watched the Oilers and Islanders and all that on national TV. Um, so I was well aware of who Wayne was and um, but you know, again, media was different then. Like it was limited. Like I really only saw them in those Cup finals, or if the Kings played the Oilers. Miracle on Manchester, baby. Never forget. Never forget, Darrell. Right. Um, but I was, uh, you know, it was actually a few days after my birthday that year. So I'll never forget. I always say, "Oh, it was a belated birthday present to me from the Kings." Right. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Birthday. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I was at a buddy's house. I remember and. Um, I don't know if it's like ESPN or local news or something broke about it, and uh, they're like, you know, uh, Wayne Gretzky you going. On? I'm like, what? what? And and my buddy was kind of like, he didn't, he wasn't a real big hockey guy. Most of my buddies were baseball, football, hardcore um, basketball, too, Lakers, obviously. But I was like, dude, Wayne Gretzky, man, Wayne, fricking Gretzky. This is, I'm like, God on ice is coming to L.A. Yeah. And, Oh, I can't believe I was so damn giddy, man. I was so giddy. And the Kings changed their jerseys that year, too, the year he came to that iconic Chevron jersey, which I love. It's still my favorite. I mean, I love the old Forum ones, Blue and Gold, but yeah. that Chev- Chevy logo. And I just – it was perfect, man. It was it was the greatest time to be a hockey fan in L.A. Um, I was so lucky and blessed to grow up in that area and that time period, you know, where I can remember it all. and oh, It was just – was- so you have it you have one. R.C. It floored me, dude. It
0: floored yeah.
1: me. I was it, shocked!
0: It floored the whole country of Canada and uh, every hockey fan in the world, for sure, for sure. Andy wants to know: Does your uh, Crosby son have the young gun? Have Crosby's young gun in his collection?
1: So it's funny you say that. We, um, I just and I was telling someone about this the other day. We just I made a big trade the other day. And that was one of the cards that's coming back is a uh, Crosby young for him. Um, yeah. I traded ironically a bunch of baseball to a buddy in LA who's, he's kind of the middleman on it. He's, I think it's like a three-way deal here. He's I think he's getting what he, he's given me one card and then he's getting uh, the Crosby, uh, from another guy. And, uh, so, you know, and then he's kind of filtering the cards out that I'm sending along. So he, he will have one soon. Um, so great question. Uh, and it's uh, it's actually a BGS nine five. So oh, very nice. Very pretty, pretty excited, yeah.
0: Amit says his kids will play with base cards. He's educating them on the differences and how cards are a bit play and a bit investment. Yeah, I mean that's a great. Mm-hmm. Cards can be used as an instrument to educate your kids, not not just to you know read and and look at the numbers on the back where where there are stats on cards still, but mm-hmm. also just to understand investing I mean uh, you know a lot of people don't like talking about investing when we talk about the hobby and collecting but if you if you want to deny that it's a part of it then you're just missing out on what's actually going on in the world around you and in this hobby right it's both it's both go on and both are more, are more than allowed to happen so it's uh it's 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 something that we can use to to, to educate our kids and teach them some some pretty good life lessons amen to the aesthetics man I mean I love aesthetics. To me, if I don't like the looks of it, there's very few cards in my collection that I will own um, if I don't like the aesthetics. There are a couple I will because I know that I recognize them as important cards. And okay. it's actually tweaks a memory in my, or a thought again in my head is that the one card that I know is important that I just do not like the looks of is that alternative Michael Jordan rookie, the 84 star card that, that you know, PSA won't grade it be for whatever, because it wasn't distributed through the... Uh, uh, a natural pack it was a team a team pack or a team set that was handed out at games I don't like the looks of those cards I think they're I just find them ugly so I'm not in, I'm not interested meanwhile the 86 Fleer Jordan I think is a piece of artwork with the, the red white and blue borders the Fleer logo in the top right corner the the image of him flying
1: flying through the air is well, in in the red in the red jersey if you even want to get more detail oriented that iconic red bulls jersey
0: Did they ever nail that card in terms of making it just so nice, so good? So, yeah, aesthetics to me are first and foremost, uh, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. and then comes the player and the importance of the card. But once in a while, if a card is super important and not that good looking, I'll add it anyway, you know? Mm -hmm. Sure. Um, here's another meat memory, another memory in 2001, I was dead broke looking for a job and I'd buy one pack of hockey cards a week. What I like more than anything are lifelong friends I've made. I mean, you know, that's actually, that's a good, uh, that's a good segue because one of the things I want to talk about with you, Barry, tonight was, you know, we touched on it earlier, just the experiences, the experience that we shared together at National yeah. in Chicago and yeah. then seeing you at the expo and. Getting to hang out with you, having dinner, um, being just being at the show—you know—it's one of the things I love to talk about on the sh- on this show on Sports Cards Live because so many people watching are hungry, hungry right now to get to a card show with Expo being canceled, National being canceled, and now postponed and likely likely to be canceled and postponed again. Like the experiences that we get to have as collectors and the friendships that we make and the relationships that we make are I mean priceless priceless I can look at my phone I can look at all the contacts all my friends on Facebook I think more than half of my Facebook friends are people I only know through the hobby yeah the big portion of my social life of my friendships are hobby friends when I'm if I'm bored at night and I'm just going to make a phone call to shoot the poop with a buddy I'm calling a hobby friend of mine I'm not calling my old high school buddies I'm calling my hobby friends you know it's it's it, it's a great thing. So, Amit, thanks for uh, bringing that up because uh, I, can't, I can't say enough about how how important that is. Um, <clears throat> Adam Adam asks a good question. Adam, are are you Justin's brother? Uh, if you are, let me know. But he says, how does today's exposure media wise to players affect their collectability? Well, we spoke about this earlier in the episode, right? I think Barry pointed out that it's everywhere, right? The the Ooh. athletes are. They're cultural heroes. They're cultural icons. They're in front, you know, any, any, any.
1: Endorsement, everything. They're plugged everywhere.
0: Right. Impressions, right? Eyeballs. There's impressions of athletes everywhere you look. You're probably wearing something on your body right now that is sponsored by an athlete one way or another. You know, it's just right. There's, there's, there's the Jordan logo right there. So It's everywhere. I think it. I Adam. I think it has a major, major part of it thing to do with it. If it because, you know, it just stems from the fact that first of all, these are players playing. They're representing our cities. They are looked at as heroes. Kids want to be like Mike. You know, if you're watching the Last Dance now, you'll we're being reminded heavily of be like Mike. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, there there's if you're going to see something over and over again, it's, it's it's advertising. It's it's basic. One-on-one advertising that's that's what's happening here. Um, Amit died when Gretzky was <laughs> traded. And Amit doesn't even live in uh, Edmonton where he was traded from.
1: Oh, but, um, He died. I was born again.
0: Yeah, that's right. So many people were born again. Here, Peter, who is from Edmonton, remembers the trade like it was yesterday. I do too, man. I remember seeing Gretzky crying on TV and it was heartbreaking. You know, as a Jets fan in Winnipeg, I mean, the Oilers beat us all the time. You know, but you still... Loved the guy somehow, and when he was traded, it was boy, it was emotional for I think everybody in Canada, not just oiler fans, not just hockey fans. Everybody was emotional about it. It was quite a, and it's a, it's the one I it's the one event in sports that makes you realize that anybody can be traded at any time. You know, if Gretzky can be traded, anybody. why can't Sidney Crosby be traded?
1: Yeah, he can.
0: Right, and I won't. I won't draw any parallels with basketball because these guys just decide where they're playing and they go play there. Right? Trades are kind of like, you know, it's up to them. So I don't want to make a parallel there. But in hockey, it's definitely, definitely true. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Andy says the trade was the worst thing ever at the time. With hindsight, it turned out to be the best trade ever for the league. Yeah, can't uh, can't argue with that at all. Right? Okay, so. Back to, back to you and your collecting. So you had the opportunity in, and you can tell me around, I think it was the mid to late 2000s, you actually wrote a series of articles for Beckett Magazine. Do you, yeah. do you remember kind of what the articles were about? And when? Yeah. when you know, and maybe some guys can go back and try and look for some of these articles.
1: Yeah, you know, I used to be a, a regular contributor, um, even in the mid uh, 90s. Uh, one of my good, one of my good buddies, uh, Dave Slipka, he, uh, he worked for Beckett and he was, uh, he was in charge of a couple articles within the hockey mag. And, um, so I, I did a lot of contributions with him, not necessarily writing articles. Uh, I did maybe a couple articles here and there for him, but, um, the big ones I wrote though, that the two that stand out to me, I think one was, I believe it was 2005. It was right after Upper Deck got the exclusive. And I wrote a big, uh, big, I mean, relative to back at what three, four page spread on the, uh, the initial exclusive with upper deck. Um, you know, I had quotes from Chris Carlin, Dr. Brian price, uh, various other collectors, you know, it's super big deal at the time, really big deal. So, uh, I was pretty proud of that article. Cause I mean, that was a, that was a landmark thing in a trading card, uh, specifically the hockey card segment. Um, and it still is, I mean, it's a, it's a hot topic to this day, right? Oh, I mean, yeah. even now as I sit here, I'm going to tell you guys, tell them blow in the face, like Upper Deck makes amazing cards, amazing cards. They have tremendous technology, but they would make better cards if there were another company involved. And I, I think Tops would be the perfect compliment to them. Um, then the other, uh, just to get back on topic though, the other article uh, was, uh, I wrote the, that was probably my most recent article too. It was, I think it was like 2013. I wrote a I wrote the cover story article for Back at Baseball on a uh, Buster Posey who oh. was super hot at the time. Uh, the Giants were coming off their second World Series, I think, in three years title, and uh, I think I think the title of the article I came up with was "Ring Around the Posey." Oh, I, know, I know, I know, I, know. Hey, I, know. I like but, it, but hey, it I worked. Like it's, worked.
0: It. it's corny, but it worked. You know, it's yeah, a where sure. it's. Right.
1: I mean, it's like those catchy tiles that everyone does on a sure. board, right? When they want to show their guard, shield your eyes.
0: Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. So, what about so you wrote? Any other any other ones you want to speak to quick?
1: Um, I think the, there are a couple others, but those are the two that really stand out. Okay. Uh, specifically the the exclusive one. I was really proud of that article. Um, Great.
0: And you know what? It's, it, it's relevant to this day, right? Because yeah, I know... Okay. Ho- card collectors hockey card collectors specifically because they're well all card collectors there's exclusives in all the sports right now and i think everyone wants to know what goes on behind the scenes that causes these exclusive what 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 goes on behind the scenes that causes certain companies to win the exclusives and others not to is there politics is it just money or is it simply that the that the licensors just want to deal with one licensee and just keep their lives simple it could be as it could be as simple
1: as all that
0: right
1: i think it's a combination of um money uh familiarity you know yeah. which comes into play with upper deck for hockey tops for baseball um need, and- you know, for
0: basketball
1: right right absolutely and, uh, yeah yeah and then you know a little bit of politics i mean i think there's the you know there is a certain amount of the good old boys club right i mean sure. you know you know a guy like he's done good things for you in the past right like any business right just relationships business yeah. and relationships okay. so- business. exactly Right. Yeah. It.
0: But yeah, so that art that article is still relevant to this day. I I'd like to I'd I'd really enjoy giving it a read again. If anyone wants to read it, maybe we can somehow figure out what issue yeah. it was in and let people know where to go find that article. Cause um written by the by Barry Grice, my guest on episode 10 of Sports Cars Live. I got excited. All right, back All right. to uh, I want to just address this. Adam says yes, he's Justin's brother. So these guys, Adam and his brother Justin, everybody, these guys are actually gonna We just decided today they're going to join me as co-guests, but not till probably early July. These guys, and don't worry, guys, I'm not going to say what it is, but these guys have amassed a collection of a specific type of card that is something that will blow everybody's mind. Like I'm going to make sure the guys from Upper Deck are watching and that they see what I'm about to uh, reveal to the hobby community that these two brothers have focused hard and when you want to talk about commitment to something awesome in the hobby, you're going to see something that will blow your mind, guys. So watch for that. I'll announce that eventually. We'll, we'll firm up a date. It'll probably be in um, in early July. Nice. Yes. So excited. Very excited about that episode. That's going to be really cool. Um, okay. I'm just sorry. I'm just scanning some more of the comments here. Uh Will Will says he's saddened by the lack of real content on Space Jam in the last dance. Yeah, they only they only touched on it. They only touched on it. But I will say, I watched episodes seven and eight last uh, Monday night. So it's 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 premiering or it's it's airing on um, on ESPN and Netflix on Sundays. But up here in Canada. I'm not, for some reason, maybe I just don't know how to do it. We don't, I can't see it on Netflix until the next day, until Monday. So we're watching them on Monday and Monday night's episodes. My wife and I watched them and thoroughly enjoyed them. I thought they were easily the best two so far. And I'm looking forward to, uh, to the next two, uh, Mm -hmm. for sure. Can't wait for the, for the final two. And then I'm going to be sad that it's over. Really. Here's a question from Adam, who I was just talking about. What, what's our sleeper pick in all sports cards I don't think Tiger Woods has reached the peak. Barry, you start. What do you have a sleeper pick right now?
1: Yeah, you know, um there's a couple. I'm going to say one that's kind of high end and one that's low. Um actually the 2000 I, I think he's referring to the 2000 wood Tiger Woods SP authentic. Um that's actually one I've been kind of watching. Uh you know, it spiked after the Masters last year. Uh, and I was oh, I was so I'm kicking myself. There, that's kicking myself. There were I was watching two of them, man. I could have had for the price of one, after that damn thing. But that said, I think there's still a lot of room for him. Tiger's really got himself back in shape. He's got his game back together. He looks sharp, and he's Tiger Woods, man. He's 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 like Michael Jordan. He's a transcendent figure. So I would agree. That's my high end one. You know, one I'm watching. I've told this to you the last couple of days. Um, it's 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 not an expensive car, but chipper Jones, 1991 tops. Um, I was <laughs> another one. I'm kicking myself on this. I, I could have had this card for $30 two weeks ago and I twiddled my thumbs and I, I got cheap, man. I admit I got cheap. Like I tried to negotiate, you know, 32, 34. I tried to be cute and I didn't just bite the 37. And guess what? I can't get the damn thing right now for under like 50, 52 bucks. Yeah. Just in two weeks, it's rising. And that's what, a significant percentage for a card that's $30. Now it's over 50.
0: Right. And what about, what about his upper deck card as an alternative? I, I, I remember. That yeah, I
1: that's a good one too. I mean, it's just it goes. It's like upper deck with hockey tops with baseball. It's that lineage, man. You know, I like tops um, when it, especially for baseball. Like, yeah. I love tops, and if I can get a top, you know, if it's tops for pretty much uh, baseball, basketball, football from the '80s and back, you know, you you gotta go tops, man. I mean, that's yeah. all. You really your only option, and just like Opeche and hockey or Fleer and basketball. Know, But but yeah, 1991 tops Chipper Jones, I think. Kind of a sleeper, man. But there's a lot of them, like Brian Gray was saying. There's a lot of them. He's buying up those Jerry Rice's. So I put that Jerry Rice in there too. As a Yeah, but the thing with
0: the thing about that is that with Brian Gray, he's buying them all. He said you're not you're not gonna be able to buy them because he's gonna outbid you. So anything that he's buying is unfortunately not a sleeper anymore. So we might whatever we say here might be something that, that, that we turn him on to buying. So my pick, my biggest sleeper. And I've said it before. I'll say it again. Mario Lemuse rookie card. If you have like $1,000 US to invest, PSA 9. I mean, you know, a PSA 8 sold yesterday or the day before for like five, over $500 US. That's the most I've ever seen. Now, this was a beautifully centered copy. And you're but, talking peachy, right? Ope, I'm talking peachy. Let me be clear. I'm talking Opeechi. um That brings up another good point, though. A couple of years ago, I decided, you know what? I have a PSA 9 Lemieux in my collection, Opeachy, and I have a PSA 8 Wayne Gretzky in my collection. I can't afford a PSA 9 Opeachy Gretzky. That was like $35,000. And I'm not going to go buy a, a Mario Lemieux PSA 10 Opeachy because it was like at the time $18,000 USD. So I thought to myself, well, hey, maybe I'll go buy a Topps PSA 10 Lemieux and a Topps PSA 9 Gretzky. I think this was either two or three years ago, spring. And I bought I ended up buying both. And boy, am I glad I did, because both of those cards have like tripled in value since I bought them. So that said, you know, there to Adam's question. For me, my sleeper pick, even though he's commonly thought of as the second best player of uh, you know of recent time, or one of the greatest of all time, you know, he was second best to Gretzky during the Gretzky era. That's inarguable. Um I think he's still a bargain. Mm-hmm. I do. I do. So that's, and is it a sleeper pick? It's kind of hard to say it's a sleeper pick, but that's definitely my pick. Another pick I might have, and this is one I want to think about more before I really commit to this, but it comes up because Barry mentioned tops. You know, there are some in hockey, some tops cards that might be good buys, like the Gretzkys, the Lamuse, the Key Guys, the Patrick Waas, the Mark Messiers, you know, the unscratched Mark Messiers. Mm-hmm. But if you're talking about all sports, I mean, it seems like everybody's on all the good stuff right now. If it's a good card of a good player, people are snapping them up right now and prices are going up right now. So right now, I don't know what sleepers are really left. I'd have to scour the, the rosters and scour the lists to really come up with what I would be comfortable you know, getting behind. So sorry I can't really get more than that on the spot, but yeah. there's definitely more out there.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, there's a lot of good stuff to be had right now, um, for sure,
0: for sure. Brett clarifies here: Netflix U.S. Sunday, Netflix Canada Monday. I'm okay waiting that extra day for the show. It's it's worth the wait, and it's, you know it's something that we uh, that we end up doing. Um, just yeah, this is a good one here, Andy. Where did it go? Where did it go? These comments kind of move on me sometimes, so I'm a little bit all over. Just just pay sixty dollars. Just do it. I think. He's uh-huh. About your Chipper Jones card.
1: Yeah, and that's, that's what it's going to probably cost me by tomorrow. So I probably, Karn
0: Rye, who was my guest uh, last Wednesday, I believe he has both Tiger SP autos and Chipper Jones available. Karn Rye runs a Facebook group and Instagram account called the big three. Check it out. Check out my show with him. Sports cards live. I forget what episode number it was, but that was, I think last Wednesday. So check out that episode where we get into a lot of discussion about what he's up to. Lots of good stuff there. Um, here's something you might appreciate, Barry, because you know uh, the non-hockey market. Tyler says he's been picking up, and this, you know, he's been picking up Tom Brady silver prisms. thinks they're undervalued at the moment. I mean, I'm watching silver prisms in all sports, and they seem to be picking up. So if they're still undervalued, there's a good potential. Silver prisms are like the the chrome version of the base cards in Prism, and in basketball and football, they have recently become major majorly important cards like the most important cards of the players but what's even happening more which is reminding me of the days in the 80s when second year cards were important cards of players like you wanted the Gretzky rookie the Lemieux rookie and the Cal Rickman junior rookie but you also wanted their second year card because that was important too nowadays what we're seeing very recently is that all year cards all year base card silver prisms And gold prisms out of 10, even more so, are becoming chased in a major way by collectors in all sports that have prism. So it may be undervalued right now, Tyler, Barry, everybody else. But how long is that going to go for? I mean, that might expire by the end of this show. That might expire by, by this Saturday. Like people are on those already from what I'm seeing. Yeah. Jason wants Jason asks, what's the best Ripkin Jr. rookie card? The tops. Yeah, I mean so, so Barry, you 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 know, like Ripkin's got he's got that, I think it's the 82 tops update where it's three players on the card. Yeah. And it it's not really a nice card to look at, in my opinion.
1: Not aesthetically pleasing.
0: It's not aesthetically <laughs> pleasing, but his second year card. Is it's like 52 mantle esque. It's him in a you know with a nice beautiful green and blue background. He's in batter's pose. It's uh, a- an amazingly pleasing card, but yes. it's not his rookie card. But now uh, I'll just let you know as myself as a collector of Hall of Fame rookies. I I had to decide when I bought my Ripken several years ago which card was I going for. Yes. I went for the second year card. I don't have the three way card because it's not something I want to look at. Yeah.
1: No, I'm not- you know, yeah. I mean, you're not you're not going to really go terribly wrong with either the the first true one's always going to be a little bit higher value. I mean, it's just the nature of the beast, right? Right. It's the nature there's of that, the hobby. There's a lot of that in baseball too. Those extended rookies. We we talked about my guy Daryl Strawberry '83, but everyone remembers the '84 Strawberry cards, right? And right. Um, I think uh, Goodin, uh no, not Goodin, Puckett and Clemens. They had a FLIR updates that were super, super hot in 84. Um, But, you know, now I think people gravitate towards the 85. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and
0: speaking of like these, like the Ripken, like the second year card that's so much nicer than the true rookie card, you know, the same thing goes for Nolan Ryan, right? His rookie card is shared with Jerry Kuzman, but his second year card, the 69 Nolan Ryan, is actually a way nicer card, way And it's the card that TOPS Project 2020 is using oh, for their new card, right? And another right. one comes to mind, same concept, the Pete Rose Rookie, the 63 TOPS Pete Rose. Okay. Now, card, when you first look at it, you think, man, that's some uh, amateur stuff going on there. But yeah. as you grow to appreciate the time that that card came out yeah. and how... Awesome, it really is. Like I when I had to when I chose my Pete Rose card for my collection, even though he's not a Hall of Famer, I decided this is a this is a rare case where I'm gonna buy both cards because his second year card, his 64 tops, which is an all what they call the all-star rookies, I think they're called with that special logo. Mm -hmm. A beautiful card, stunning card, but that 63 tops with the four heads that look like they're floating in thin air. Oh yeah. Is, yeah. I love both, so that's I mean, one of
1: it's the it's cool. charm. One of those things that's got a charm to it. It's got so its right.
0: charm. It's got its, its place
1: in history, whole. right? It's 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 you know these cards, man. They're they're all history. It's yeah. like Jeffrey Griffiths' book, you know. It's history through cards.
0: Yeah, uh, agree, agree. Chris says, "Is the Don is isn't the Don the Ripkin to get?" Not for me. For me, it's the uh, the eighty three tops is the one to get
1: tops. Oh, and uh, you know if you guys read Card Sharks, you'll find a lot of interesting uh tidbits in there about uh Fleer and Donruss and Tops and the infancy. There's a lot of a lot of card history in there. It's a really good read for you guys. A lot of people think it's just uh unloading on Upper Deck. It's really not. It's really no it's really just a small bit of that at the tail end, really. Um, right. it's a really good solid hobby read, you
0: know what? and and if nothing else, you know, uh, companies and people change over the decades. And that book does chronicle something that happened, um, 30 years ago for the most part. Like, <clears throat> in terms of the Upper Deck French thing, it's a 30 year old story, and yes. you know, you, you can't really hold anything negative in that book against the current company. The owners, the, the original owners, not even alive anymore to run it, so
1: right, yeah. it's being
0: run by professionals now if you will not really yeah. hobbyists and although I'm, I'm saying at the top right there are still hobbyists and real and enth- enthusiastic hobbyists yeah. in the hobby to this day um designing those sets and running the marketing and running the merchandise like i mean it's a great group of people they have at upper deck i, I you know I, I i don't a lot of people will 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 like to express their their what they don't like about the companies um And and what they do like about the companies, I I just I know that I like all the companies. I I like everybody out there. Like there's, I see the good in in what a lot of people are doing. I don't like scammers. I don't like fraud. None of that. And I'm not saying that's happening at the card companies, but I'm it happens in the hobby. But I mean, all the companies are bringing something to the table. They all have their niche, and they're all trying to pay the bills and 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 feed their families. So it's tough to really uh, rag on them too much. So the book. Card Sharks, which is a really interesting read, and I highly recommend it. I just don't think that you, if you're going to read it, that you might not want to uh, sort of apply some of the feelings you may get from it to the current state of the hobby.
1: For sure, it's fair it's a different, different era, different. What's that? D- a fair comment. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's a. It, it would be like, uh, you know, someone someone did something 15 years ago, right? And right. You know, I mean, a whole i mean come on
0: man. it's different people different com- different company altogether by now right it's like we re- we regenerate our skin cells every seven years yeah. right the, you, employees turn over literally leadership turns over right yeah yeah um just want to show so um there was more talk about which Donruss is the one to get rich says the 82 tops traded, which i think is the three-way card yeah. and I don't know it must be the 80 is the solo card the 83 tops. Andy says it's a top's traded as well cuz he's solo. I forget which actual one it is, but it's very easy to uh, to to, deter, to determine which is which. So um, okay, uh, Amit has the tiger as well, Mookie bets no hobby love. Another, you know what, back to the whole thing about, you know, sleeper cards. People who are not yet in the Hall of Fame that are going to get there. An example would have that, that, that you might not expect together or that are not shoe-ins. A good example is Larry Walker who was just recently inducted this like last year. Yeah. And he wasn't, he wasn't a guarantee. It took a lot of people by surprise.
1: 10th year on the ballot. I mean, that Tenth was, the was good. yeah, it was now or never. If he didn't get in this time, he was done. He was out. So
0: if, right. So everybody who want, who's doing the, the hall of fame collection, whether it's on the PSA set registry or just the hall of fame collection, all of a sudden this card was, was placed on their want list all of yeah. a sudden. So they're all clamoring to get it, you know, like guys like that. If you're looking for some potential sleepers, you gotta pick up the guys who are on the verge of Hall of Fame that might you might have to take some gamble. You might gamble a bit on some guys that might not get there. You know, Pete Rose might be a gamble. If he gets in, I mean his cars are already valuable, but if he gets in one day, those cars are gonna go up in value. Pandemonium and wire and, and, and Sosa and Bonds, all the steroid era guys, too.
1: Those are the ones. If you want to talk in that uh, respect, those are the ones I'd be watching, man, because, you know, I'll be honest, like, even more so Bonds. He was never officially caught. People have to remember that. there, There is, he is – it's been inferred, insinuated that he cheated. This was all way, way after the fact, after, long after his career was over. He was never actually caught with PEDs during his playing years, never tested positive, none of that. Guys like Clemens were or – you know, caught under oath or, you know, McGuire, but bonds still. So technically, I mean,
0: if any of these guys get in, if if they start looking at steroid era guys and some of these voters decide they're worthy, those cards are going to shoot up in value. Okay. I'm going to race through a few of the comments we are getting to, to end the show. We want to do some giveaways. I've got another uh, sort of tip for everybody out there and to, to use in your hobby. So I'm just going to run through here. Richard says, I think we're in a temporary bubble. I would say it's time to sell rather than buy. All the hot early 2000 Young Guns are going crazy. Well, my response to that is watch my show with Brian Gray from Saturday and see what he says because he thinks we're only at the beginning. And if you if you rewind back to the beginning of this show when we were talking about Top's Project 2020 and how I believe it's exposing a half a million new people to our hobby just through these artists and their followers on all their social platforms. I don't know, Richard, if I agree with that, I, I I don't know, I don't know. I'm not saying I disagree. I just don't know, time will tell. I'm usually wrong on these things anyway. So I'll let time determine and just continue to collect as I otherwise would for the most part. Comment Barry on that?
1: I mean, I'm gonna say, I, I think Richard, um, I know you're predominantly, I, I know you well, Richard, you're a good dude. Um, I know you're predominantly hockey. I don't know how much you dabble in the other sports. So. I mean, I guess from a hockey perspective, hockey is, I mean, he'd say it's the weakest of the four sports. It is hundred percent. It is. I'm sorry, guys. It just it is. There's um, no
0: need to apologize, man. It is what it is.
1: Baseball and hockey guy, those are my two favorites. And top ends of the spectrum. Well, actually, basketball's probably top dog, but um, yeah, I don't know. If you're looking at a hockey perspective, Rich, maybe, yeah. Maybe hockey. I mean hockey, but it's it's you know, I mean, it's, it's it's tough to say, man, if we're in a yeah. bubble, then right. I mean, if, if we all knew we'd be like uh Biff and back to the future, man, with the, yeah. you know, with the sport guide and we'd, we'd all, be all be back bets, and we'd, we'd
0: have the all... Exactly. Okay. Amit says when COVID ends and attention spans dwindle or drift elsewhere, that maybe that will be the time to get those nice sleepers. Yeah. Could be, could be. I mean, Who knows what's going to happen when the world goes back to normal, how long that's going to take and where the hobby dollars will go Mm. Uh, Would Tom Brady's Bowman Chrome be considered a sleeper still. Um, No, I'm going to say no to that because um, I was watching that card about a year and a half ago. uh, PSA 10 was doing like and I'm sorry, I always refer to PSA 10. That's just what I go for usually. But PSA 10s were selling for like thirteen to fourteen hundred dollars. I last looked, they're encroaching on three grand now. So I don't think it's a sleeper anymore. It's experienced the same thing that all these other key cards have experienced recently. Um, Amit says all colors of the color wheel are hot right now, like orange polka dot variants as well. Yeah, of course. You know, um, cracked ice hockey was hot, but no love now. Again, you know, more of a prism style card. Will Ripken Jr.'s record of consecutive games played ever be broken? How should this be valued in the hobby? I'm just going to hit this one quick, Barry. Um, uh, I don't know if it'll ever be broken. Probably not because players are just much more into their long-term health now than they ever were before and their conditioning. So I don't think it'll be broken. How should it be valued in the hobby? Unfortunately, the hobby prefers they want to see home run hitters and Hall of Famers, good hitters, Hall of Famers. That's what sells, just like goal scorers in hockey and quarterbacks in football, right? And, of course, basketball, it's all about the guys that get the, the points. The defensive players just never get the love unless you're a hardcore player collector or a team collector. Um, I'm not going to hit that one. Undervalued Big Pappy. Fair enough, fair enough. Nolan Ryan is a god. So are you, Mayor. So are you. Um, <clears throat> Palmero, Rich says, is a possibly a good buy right now. Okay.
1: He puts on that steroid thing.
0: All right. So listen, um, we've covered off a lot of stuff here, Barry. We're at the hour 45 mark. So we're getting to the point where I want to start winding this thing down. Um, You have a few things you want to do some giveaways. So we talked about how we can do that. We're going to basically we're going to basically do a little trivia question. Whoever gets the comment in fastest that is already subscribed to the YouTube channel for sports cards live and made a comment on one of the, uh, videos in on the channel because comments help pump the channel up and just get more exposure more viewers, which I'm just because you know, it's just something that's fun to do and fun to do fun to get so you know I, it, It's uh it's great for the channel great for the show keeps me, you know encouraged and motivated so um, If you guys can subscribe to the YouTube channel sports cards live super easy to find Make a comment on a video and then in a couple minutes after my next um, tip on collecting We'll then open this up, open it up to the, uh, to the, for the trivia. Fairberry. Good. Okay. So guys, I showed you this stuff before the McGuire scratch 2.0, which I'm super glad I found a lot of people have already messaged me on Instagram and Facebook and said, man, that stuff's like magic. So thank you. So happy to help out. Here's my next piece of help for you guys. So when you are, when you're opening up your cards and you see this all the time on breaker channels, First of all, when break the the one thing I hate the most about breakers, it's not all of them, but the ones that do this is they take the card out and they get they get their fingers right on the card like this. I mean, if I'm buying a card, I don't want anyone's fingers on that card at any time. When I see a breaker put their fingers on the face of a card, I will not do business with that breaker. I'm putting that out to all of you, breakers and all, when they touch the card on the surface, It tells me not to do business with them. That's the first thing. The second thing is when you're putting your cards in, and this is really the tip I'm I'm getting at here for you guys. And this is a tip that I didn't invent myself. This was actually told to me by Charlie from Beckett Grading, probably at a summit show in Edmonton in like 2012 or something back then. So I've been doing this ever since. He saw me taking cards and putting them into card sleeves like this. Like that. Okay. The way we all do it. We take the card, we open it up, we put it in the corner and then we slide the rest of it in. And he said to me, don't you flick your corners? I said, what are you talking about? He goes, well, I mean, that's the reason why you, why you, people don't get anything better than a nine or a nine five on corners is because the way they put the card into the sleeve, into, into the, into the, into the, the card sleeve. So all you do is you, you, you take the sleeve, you, you kind of open it like this. You put your fingers inside. I'm going to, hopefully you guys can see this. You put your fingers inside and you flick out the corner. You just flick out the corner and and you basically separate it a little bit. I don't know if you can, can you see that? You basically open it a little bit. So now when you put the card in, you put it in and it slides right in. There's no resistance or friction. You're not rubbing that edge of the corner against anything because you've opened it up at the top and then you slide it in. You don't have to touch the, the surface of a card ever. You never have to touch the surface of your card. If you're a breaker, if you're a collector, if you're buying singles, trading singles, whatever, don't touch the freaking surfaces of your card, people, especially if you're going to sell them to other people. It's just rude and you're and responsible. Don't touch the surface of your card. I'm not going to, that's it, okay? Second oh. thing, flick, flick your corners. It's easy. You just open it up, put your fingers in and, Flick like that. Just flick and open it up just at the top, just at the corner. And then you put the card in and it slides in like magic. You're not going to damage your card if you put them into your sleeves that way. Flick your corners and don't touch the surface of your cards. Or I'm not going to do business with you. And I'm going to tell people not to do business with you because you are basically putting your the oil in your fingers and your fingerprints on your cards. And if people are going to grade them, which most many people do now, they will be penalized on the grade. Okay? I hope that was clear. I hope you can see how strongly I feel about this.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's my that's my tip for this show. Episode number 10. Very happy to get here Sports Cards live. Super happy to have Barry on the show with me. So we've given you guys some time now to go subscribe to the YouTube channel, leave a comment on any video just to help the channel out. I really appreciate it. Now we're going to we're going to do a giveaway. Barry, why don't you Actually, we kind of showed earlier on the, well, sorry, before the show started, Barry showed me a few options. So we selected two autographed eight by tens that he has, and the winner is going to select one of them and Barry's going to ship it out to the winner. So let's show what the options are for the winner,
1: Barry. Sure. You Uh, know, we, we didn't, we didn't even talk about the Mike Trout factor.
0: The which? The Mike Trout thing. I know we spent a lot of time on the state of the hobby. Well, we'll have to get to it another time. So here, Barry is offering up your choice of a Luke Robitaille autographed 8x10 in LA Kings uniform, a very generous Barry, and a Brett Hall or a Brett Hall autographed 8x10 Dallas Stars jersey. So those are the options. We're going to give away one of these to somebody who is going to answer our trivia question, which I have to admit, we don't have the trivia question ready and ready to rock and roll here, but we should have have you have a, you have the question ready?
1: One of them ready. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. Let's do it. Let's put the question out there and then we're going to put it out to the comments. I'm going to let you guys know if you're watching on YouTube, you have an advantage because everybody watching on Facebook is on a 10 second delay. So that's just the way the show goes. If you're watching on Facebook, you're delayed 10 seconds. So sorry for your luck, but the YouTube guys are going to have a better shot and maybe, Later on, you guys might want to watch on YouTube just to get that 10-second advantage. But, Barry, why don't you pose the question, and then I'll start watching the comments. You're going to have to somehow – actually, Barry, you're going to have to tell me what the answer to the question is unless I'm going to know it already. Uh, I'll, yeah. I mean, you want me to just text it to you or – Text it to me. Text okay. it to me right now, please. Or or put the – you know what? Never mind. Put the question out there to the people, and then text me the, text me the answer.
1: Okay. All right. So – what is the card number? Uh, one of my favorite players is uh, all-time Barry Bonds. What is his 1987 Fleer card number in the set?
0: Okay, guys. So I'm gonna, just going to reiterate. Barry Bonds, 1987 Fleer. What card number is on the back of that card? The first person to get it is going to win one of the autograph uh, 8x10s that Barry just showed. We do not have a right answer yet. Jason is wrong. Troy is wrong. They're all going to eBay right now, Barry, and searching oh, for oh. it. And that's okay. That's fine. There we go. We have our winner, Carlos. Be- oh, no. Sorry, Carlos. Uh, the winner, I'm going to... There's your winner. That was the first one to get it right, which I think is Richard still. Oh, it is Richard. He went to YouTube. That's Richard Ho. He went to no, because I said it and got the win. What, nice. Well done, Richard. You win. You can uh, send a message to Barry on Hobby Insider, and he will uh, he will send the your choice. One you want, man. Yeah, he'll send out whichever one you want to. And I know Richard is a monster autograph collector, so going to a good home. Very much, I'm sure he very much appreciates it. Congratulations, Richard. Barry, do you want to do another one?
1: Yeah, yeah. So uh, here, hang on one sec. Let me just grab this.
0: All right, I'm not going to say the obvious there, everybody. What's that? Crotch shot. I'm just not oh, going to. Sorry, it's okay.
1: So this one's brought to you by Tops. Tops is kind enough to uh, send me a box of. Uh... Oh, here we go. I keep forgetting the
0: Twenty series one
1: baseball. Yep. So, uh, you know, i'd I'd like to I'd like to try and split the box so two people can have it, um, and the first person who wins you can pick like however you want me to divvy up the packs. If you really want me to no, just, just, just half and half. Yeah. Left, we'll just get side. left right. Yeah. Right, right side. So the, right. first, so, uh, hold so on, this,
0: Barry. Oh, hold on the person who gets the answer right the first time can pick right or way. left and whoever gets it right. The second, the second person will get the other side of the box and Barry will ship those out to you. So, all right, what's the next question, Barry? If you, anyone wants to go to YouTube now, now's the time. You'll be 10 right.
1: seconds ahead. So this one, you, you, someone's going to have to look for this one. Um, and we did a baseball card for a hockey prize, so let's do a hockey card for a baseball prize. I love it. I love it. What is the only card that Wayne Gretzky has publicly stated he will not sign? There's one signed copy. signed it for his daughter, I think Paulina, his oldest what if does anyone know
0: text me the answer because i would have said his rookie card but i know that's not true because i have a copy
1: of it it's not the rookie send me the answer please Yep.
0: (laughs) just reading through some of the comments here guys yeah andy caught it too terry's youtube is always behind i don't i don't can't tell you why, Terry. Maybe you're, you'll be more of an advantage to stay on uh, on Facebook and watch. Then. Oh, we have a couple answers. It could be it. I don't know. Waiting for the uh, for Barry's uh, text here to tell me what the answer is. Are you sure it's that? Are you sure that's the one? It's not the other one. Are you Barry? talking to me? Yeah, I'm talking to you. Oh, it's
1: it's, uh, it's the first one.
0: The first one. Got it. Okay. I've got a picture of it. Yeah, I see it. We do have a winner. I'm going to go find the winner. The end. Oh, wow. is that's very good to me. I'll show it is Wayne Gretzky's 1988 Tops card where he's holding the sweater. I was not aware of that. That's really cool. Yeah. I had no idea. So yeah. that card and the winner of that, the first person who got that answer in was just scrolling through. Troy call no Peter Chow got in just before Troy Collins Peter Chow who is on on Hobby Insider I believe is Pac-Man so again contact Barry through um actually so Peter wins and Troy would get the other side because Troy came in second
1: okay you want so to you wanna, you wanna do it that way
0: yeah Peter if you want to pick the right or the left side uh Barry will send those out to you and um Troy Collins will get the other side. Of those packs right. guys expect some awesome uh packs of tops baseball in the mail from barry in the near future <clears throat> and he is shipping from colorado so it could take a bit longer to get if you're up in canada but uh but there you go mm-hmm. okay so that i think that's gonna wrap it up pretty much
1: figured it was good to end with a tops hockey card of gratsky yeah see how, sure. see how i played that
0: i like oh. you. you got the tops hat on now awesome yeah, it's
1: too real. stealth.
0: right on. Well, listen, Barry, th- I want I want to thank you for giving away th- product from your own personal holdings. Uh, to the yeah,
1: you know, sent me that that was nice. The top, so
0: yeah, that was nice. to top, so thank yeah. you to Top for sending you the product to give away on Sports Cards Live. We you appreciate. It, I appreciate. It, the winner appreciates it. Thank you, Barry, for just joining me for the discussion. It's been oh, a, having a pleasure me. having you for the, for the tenth episode of this show. Which I'm super stoked to get to episode 10. So just run yeah, I'll run through again Saturday. This Saturday, Tim Getch from Com C. Next Wednesday, Stefan Perot. The Saturday after that is Brian, Dr. Brian Price. And then a lot of awesome shows coming after that. Again, still, guys. I'm I'm booking into mid-June right now, uh, with guests. You know, that wasn't the original direction of the show but it's just the way this thing has gone and I'm enjoying it and I'm enjoying the interacting with everybody that's watching. So again, thank you all for tuning in to the 10th episode of Sports Cards Live. Watch for my uh, posts and and advertisements for the upcoming shows. Don't forget to subscribe to the channel on YouTube. If you haven't yet, I don't know what you're doing, but please do it. Really appreciate it. And uh, we will sign off. Thanks again, everybody. We'll see you again on Saturday with Tim Getch from ComC. Thanks again, Barry. Everyone have a great night.